Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Dave Hooker Show, represented by Banks and Jones, Tennessee's trial attorneys. Play to win, banksjones.com. The Dave Hooker Show. A presentation of Off the Hook Sports. Objective insight, expertise, top guest. Available on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the Off the Hook Sports app. Download now for free. Also available on offthehooksports.com. I compute and obey. Now to Dave Hooker. Ready. Boy, do we have a lot to get to. We certainly do with Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker. A Super Bowl that's pretty legendary. I enjoyed it. I enjoy tough physical football, and it started that way. And then I enjoy guys that just make plays. And that is really, what about Patrick Mahone's 15th time uh, making plays in key clutch playoff situations? So I thought it was incredibly entertaining. Uh, Juwan Jennings does hold up for Denda. So Denda is able to make our listeners some money. My mom picked on Friday that he would score a touchdown. It was about seven and a half to one. I took advantage of that. Uh, So did some of our listeners that posted on Twitter. Caleb, how about you? Did you take advantage of that? I did not. I did not. I will acknowledge I did not see that coming. Now, the funny thing was, Dave was ready to celebrate when Jennings threw the touchdown pass. And I, I had to break ready. down. I wasn't ready. I just didn't know. And I knew you'd knew. So I like wanted to reach out as quickly as possible. Yeah. And I was like, nope, that's not a touchdown. That's got to be a touchdown reception. And I thought I had a funny joke played on you guys that y'all thought you had a touchdown and didn't. And then I get burned anyway because he scores later in the game. 
Well, um, we'll, we, we got a huge show, so we'll talk about this more in a little bit. We're also going to talk with Josh Heupel joins the lawsuit against the NCAA. That's a big deal. Uh, Joe Kim Dotson commits to Tennessee, the latest on recruiting, get more into the Super Bowl. Guys, Alabama's falling apart. If you haven't listened and you like the fact that Alabama's falling apart, hit the like and subscribe button because it's happening, and it's happening right in front of us. I'm not talking about this could be a team that struggles to get in the college football playoff in a year or two. I'm talking about a program that could struggle to make a bowl game. I think we're, we're getting to that point, and I'm not exaggerating for emphasis or some sort of uh, hysterical take that you might laugh at. I think it could get that bad. Chip Kelly leaves UCLA to become the offensive coordinator at Ohio State. That'll be a big what the H. It's one of those headlines I had to read like three times. I mean, what does that say for UCLA? What does that say for Ohio State? Is Ryan Day on the way out? I've got a feeling Chip Kelly might be there next head coach. And the basketball balls dead-legged. And I want to take a second to give Caleb Calhoun credit. Caleb thinks the world of this basketball team, guys, but he he's told you over the past two weeks that this basketball program is not utilizing its depth. Some people misconstrued that, that they didn't have depth. That's not what Caleb said at all. They didn't utilize their depth, and boy, did they did did they look dead-legged on Saturday night? I don't think there was any question about that. Shorts coming up, sh- uh, shots coming up short, and there are all kinds of issues there. So, again, it's too late to use your depth when your starters are already tired, Caleb. But I don't think Tennessee's done a good job, like you said, of utilizing the depth that they have to this point. Jimmy Himes agrees with you. I thought that was very evident Saturday night. So, for those that want to Rip Caleb for the depth take. I think you can uh, take a step back. Thank you. I appreciate the shout out, Dave. Yeah, it was. I had a moment in January where I, I was nitpicking every little thing about the Tennessee basketball team because I said, I look at all the ways you could possibly lose in March. And I think most Tennessee basketball fans don't care about anything except March now. And so I kept nitpicking. And I actually had a moment where I'm like, okay, they actually have a complete team. Like there's no weaknesses. And then about a couple of days later, I started to realize, wait, Rick Barnes is playing everybody 30 to 35 minutes, and it doesn't matter if it's a blowout or not. What's going on? And I just kept ranting about it. And then there's a home loss to South Carolina, and now a blowout loss to Texas A&M. And literally, it is the old saying, don't let the S creep in, for those who, and you know what I'm talking about with S. Uh, I don't know that saying, but I don't think I want to hear it right now. Basically, don't let, uh, if, if you don't pay attention to, the crap creeping into your bucket, you well, you'll wake up one day and realize you got a bucket full of crap. <laughs> and uh, and basically, uh, Rick Barnes and a lot of fans were doing that. My philosophy is this, and Dave, I, I don't know if you believe this about sports. Don't accept anything in a win you wouldn't accept in a loss, right? That's oh, a rule. Totally agree. Yeah, that's why Nick Saban will go off on little things that yeah after after a forty five point victory. Yes, totally agree. Exactly. And Tennessee fans were ignoring the lack of depth in the wins. And I'm like, you guys will eventually this will bite you and you, it'll only bite you in a loss. And you don't want to wait till a loss to see it. It's why the Buffalo Bills are never going to the Super Bowl with Josh Allen. They kept looking past his turnovers every single week and his basic mistakes that he makes. And what happens? Playoffs come. Josh Allen makes basic mistakes and they lose. Same with the Ravens and Lamar. 
you if you look past things in wins, they'll bite you in a loss. Very true. And we also have a two special guests coming up on the program. And we're going to talk with one about how much these Super Bowl rings cost that are just so crazy. And then the other thing that we're going to do is we're going to visit with one of the friends of the program who's a big part of what we do at Off the Hook Sports. And I don't want to provide too many hints, but maybe he's thinking about the NFL. Maybe he's preparing for the NFL. He will join us in just a little bit later in the program. A surprise guest. Tell me if you you can guess who it is, uh, because uh, I've been looking forward to getting him on live. So we'll be able to do that a little bit later in the program. The ghost of Johnny Major says, hit like and subscribe. Uh, Absolutely. It's Cooper that says that as well. As a matter of fact, he says it right here on Off the Hook Sports because you always need to do that. Cooper Mays here. Hit like and subscribe. And some other guy says it that may or may not be on the program later today. What's up, everybody? This is Jacob Warren asking you to like, subscribe, and share. Dave needs this. Right. So Dave does. So we've got a lot to get to. So let's go ahead and get rolling. I want to start with the Josh Heupel situation that he has joined the lawsuit that is basically the University of Tennessee against uh, and the state of Tennessee and Virginia against the NCAA, which is spearheading and I'm sure financially bolstered by other agencies, but it is um, to overturn the NCAA. Let's go ahead and talk about it. So that's exactly what it is. If you want to vote on our poll question, go ahead and do so. Which player would you like to have back for another season? Would it be Jawan Jennings or would it be Trey Smith? Uh, We'll see where that ends up. Jawan Jennings has about a two to three or two to one lead at about this point, two thirds of the vote. All right, Caleb, give me the latest on Josh Heupel joining this lawsuit. So this is a bit unusual to me. This this is not a situation in which a lawyer orders you to give a statement. This is more voluntary statements, right? I mean, I th- th- this to me, I've covered a lot of legal proceedings. This to me has been a little bit different. We had Brad Lampley start that at first. Jackson Lampley. Jackson Lampley. I was joking. Uh, Brad Lampley was the old boxing guy. Why Why are the Vols doing this? Why is Josh Heupel doing this? So this is a declaration submitted to the courts on Friday. And I think the point with Josh Heupel, I don't know if Jackson Lampley was asked. I do believe Josh Heupel was asked so, to submit a statement because what his role to do was, was to give a, a coach's perspective on the confusion created by the NCAA with their NIL rules. Okay. So his exact quote is, NCAA rules are vague and confusing. They frequently change, and they sometimes conflict with NCAA's prior guidance. Now, that's the first part, which I think you and I and everybody in the world knows is true with the NCAA. They have changed the rules multiple times, right? And said they'll retroactively yes. punish. Yes. Yeah. So then comes the next part, which is he says – Because of the NIL recruiting ban, the information recruits have about NIL opportunities associated with the given school is incomplete and not always reliable. Athletes want to know about and understand their opportunities. 
But like my fellow coaches at UT, I feel I have had to avoid discussing NIL opportunities in any way, even at a high level or assisting athletes in navigating this complicated environment. Translation, I want to be able to tell my players how they can make money when they come to Tennessee, and I'm not able to do that when I recruit. That's exactly right. So SC Scout guy, who's a great poster and I trust, says uh, South Carolina is passing the new NIL bill today to uh, mirror Missouri. So the difference in what Missouri Eli Drinkwitz is able to do and Josh Heupel is incredibly different. And let me tell you how it's different. And if the South Carolina law is like that, it's going to help Shane Beamer. And it's probably going to cost Tennessee a prospect because Shane Beamer can do things that Josh Heupel right now can't do. And it's brought to you uh, by our friends at Apex Apparel when it comes to signage, promo code, Promo products, screen printing, embroidery, headquartered out of Knoxville, but are national dealers. One-stop shop for all products, giveaways, and uniforms. They got those called Tyler, 865-919-3001, 865-919-3001, or go to yourapexapparel.com, yourapexapparel.com. It is right down there. So, Caleb, I believe this is a preemptive strike because once you sue somebody, you give them – Perjury power. In other words, this is why no one is sued. This, this is how clean Tennessee thinks they are. And you wouldn't do this if, if you weren't. But you wouldn't normally file a lawsuit against the NCAA because then you could start pulling witnesses. You have uh, witness subpoena power. So this, to me, is kind of to stave that off to uh, to to do that and say, oh, he gave a statement. But I don't believe that Josh Heupel specifically discussed Nico Ia Maleava or the payments that went to him. Uh, would you agree with that? And then I want to get into the South Carolina and Missouri bill, which I'm read up on. Yeah, I don't believe that they want to do that at all. And he's not going to do that with Nico. I think this gives off a vibe that something you said that I didn't see happening, which is I felt maybe you're right. Maybe the States want to settle. I didn't think they wanted to settle. I thought they wanted to take this thing straight to the Supreme court and get this and, and have the NIL regulations shot down. But based on having these witness statements, I'm getting the vibe that Tennessee and Virginia are hoping the NCAA is willing to come to the table and settle. Isn't that the vibe you're getting with yes. that? Yes. Yeah. So, and for those who like, Again, if you sue and you think you have a case, a lot of times this happens in lawsuits a lot. Even if you think you have a case and you're sure you have a case, you'd still rather settle. And a lot of times to help your case, before there's witness subpoenas, you throw everything you can at somebody, right? And so the state of Tennessee and Virginia are going to throw everything they can at the NCAA before actually getting called to witness or getting subpoenaed in court. And this happens all the time. And this is why a lot of times when there's lawsuits over personal conduct issues and the person settles, it makes them look like they were way worse than they were because sometimes they'll settle when the other side threw a bunch of stuff at the wall to see what sticks. That is way makes it sound way worse than it really was. Um, and then they settle to make it go away. Case in point, prime example of that, guys, was the Peyton Manning trainer lawsuit when she resued in 2003. She threw a lot of stuff in there that wasn't there in 96 and 97. But the hope was to try to get Peyton Manning to settle. He settled. And then all of a sudden, it looks like Peyton Manning did a bunch of stuff that he never admitted to. 
Well, that was Peyton Manning's fault because he mentioned her in the book and he had a non-disclosure agreement. He wasn't supposed to say anything. That was just stupid. I mean, as as astute as the Manning family usually is, that was a huge public misstep. I mean, to have have her in the book just even mentioned broke the non-disclosure agreement. So she came back and asked for more money. Just with that situation really quickly, I can't tell you how many times she's blown up my phone to talk about stuff that's 20 years old. So uh, it it happens all the time. It was happening once a week. She is still a woman scorned and wants more money. But uh, I don't want to get into that. Here is the deal with the South Carolina and the Missouri law. This is the first time we've ever said that. But here it goes. Tennessee is at a disadvantage in NIL. Hey now, that's a statement because we said the whole time it's an advantage, right? Right. Well, you have schools like Missouri, you have schools like South Carolina that are up and saying, "Hey now, we are going to hey now add this new rule where the coach can sit in on the negotiations." So this is golden, and. According to SC Scout Guy, the new uh, S- South Carolina law would allow the universities directly to pay players. That that would be a new level, okay? So if they do that, good for South Carolina, bully for South Carolina. I think, I mean, that's that's smart. But what is the first smart step that Missouri took, and I believe is part of this South Carolina law as well, is Eli Drinkwitz and Shane Eli Drinkwitz currently can be in on a negotiation. He can be in the living room and say, Walmart, what would you like to offer this five-star defensive end? And you may remember the one he picked up the week the law passed, Caleb. Uh, they did pick up one. If, if you want to check that, uh, check that out. And it was, um, it was a kid that Tennessee was in on as well. That to me is just the natural progression of this thing. I think that's a step on the way. And then I think eventually the money is going to come through the schools, but to me, for for you to set up a situation in which Josh Hype has to have a burner phone and clandestinely call Spire Sports and say, hey, you got to go get this guy. Um, I mean, that's just opening it up for more violations, right? So why not let him be a, a part of the room and, and, and say, I know he should know how much in his budget he's got to spend. So if Nico says, I'm just using Nico as an example, I need two point. Five million. Why can't you just say, okay, we can do that. Let's get this deal done. What you don't want is one decision maker in the room and not have another decision maker in the room. So even if this NCAA case were to stall, Tennessee, the state of Tennessee needs to get that fixed, correct? Yeah, and that's actually one of the things I've been ranting about from the start on this is one of the reasons Tennessee is suing is to bypass their own state laws, which are stupid. and. If it, it, I look, I agree that it's a federal antitrust violation, so it should all be shut down anyway. But in the meantime of that, I don't know why Tennessee doesn't tomorrow pass an NIL law similar to this. Because one, what's very clear is this, and you've you noticed this, theory? Dave. You want to hear my theory? Sure. I think it's states where programs are struggling and they're like, let's give them a boost. And Tennessee's lawmakers are like, they're just doing fine. Let's work on real law stuff. That's my theory. But Tennessee's state legislature actively passed a law limiting NIL. 
So they went out of their way to pass a law limiting NIL because they banned pay for play at their own NIL. I mean, at, at their own state regulations, which was stupid. So, I mean, I get your point, but I don't think they were that forward thinking. And I, I think honestly, um, you're right. This will come back to be a big problem because here's the truth of the matter, Dave. You notice the NCAA didn't go after it. Do you think they would even try to go after Missouri, South Carolina, or a California school the way they're going after Tennessee right now? Uh, are you arguing there's not as much salaciousness because Tennessee is a more prominent school? No, I'm arguing because California schools, Missouri, and South Carolina now all play in states where if the, NI, if the NCAA came for them, they'd be in direct violation of state law. And... They came for Tennessee because they knew they wouldn't be in direct violation of state law when they came for Tennessee. Okay, I got you. Well, that makes sense. I, I think coming after Tennessee was stupid as compliant as they were in the latest investigation. And I don't blame Don Day Plowman, and I don't blame everybody else for um, reacting with a lawsuit. That ain't overreacting, guys. I mean, you just you sat there and you worked and worked and worked with a – a contractor that's working on your house and you're like, Hey, I need to get this done and that done. And, uh, then they, they do it all and they come back and charge double. And that, I mean, that's about what this is. So the NCAA after working with them comes back and treats Tennessee like trash. Well, they can stick it. Um, and I don't blame Tennessee for suing them. Absolutely not. No, I don't blame Tennessee, but I blame the state for having state laws in place that, uh, that made the NCAA feel comfortable going after Tennessee. I'm not going to argue that, but I think that's probably just out of ignorance. I think there are probably NIL laws passed that we didn't really know what was happening. You have Governor Haslam, who's a part of the Haslam family, so he knows how this works. I've interviewed him before. I'm guessing at his core, paying players seems wrong. You know, he's not close to it. Let's remember he's a politician, not just a part of a football booster. Yeah, but he's not governor now. Oh, okay. Well, good point. So, who's the one passing it now? <laughs> it's a, it's, it's Bill Lee. Governor Bill Lee was the one who passed it. Um, and yeah. So, I, I think I don't know what the state was thinking when they did this. I mean, it was, um, I, I don't know what was going through their mind. Maybe they thought in their mind we can get out ahead of this with the paying players and we'll pass some regulations now and create a standard and we'll be the gold standard. In reality, what they did is they passed a law that. And then they that that set them behind where the rest of the states are like, hey, Missouri and South Carolina were like, we can jump ahead. Of, we can scoop Tennessee now. We don't have their NIL budget, but we got new laws in place that will make it easier to recruit athletes at this point. So, I mean, because now Missouri can literally go to a high school kid and say, this is how much you'll make if you come. That kid calls Tennessee, how much will I make? And Josh Heupel literally has to be like, well, let me get you through my burner phone, like you said, to Spire and yada, 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 and can't actually promise them what they're going to make. It's well, a big and deal. And you saw what happened with Jaden Rashada, Florida. So Billy Napier yeah. apparently wasn't on the same page. So that to me is just common sense. Um, I could see somebody old school passing it thinking, oh, players shouldn't even be paid anyway. Being old school. I could see that happening. Uh, but uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see where this ends up. Uh, I think this is just one of the minor steps. And I like Josh Heupel going in and giving basically it wasn't a deposition because he wasn't cross-examined, but I like what he did. I think it was very smart for the University of Tennessee. I don't think they have anything to hide. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. 
It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Go Kim Dotson commits to Tennessee. So over the Super Bowl weekend, Joe Kim Dotson uh, is your guy. We will have exclusive recruiting coverage uh, throughout the rest of the year and uh, hopefully, well, throughout our existence. Uh, we will have that right here. We want you to check out our Patreon group. I had a great, great time being able to uh, talk with uh, several fans over the weekend. I already had about five people sign up so we would love for you to do that as well recruiting coverage extensively that we are going to add will be right there on our patreon group at hookers corner so please sign up today also before the end of the program today we will announce a winner from the first five that were signed so we're going to have a weekly prize it's going to be a t-shirt or it's going to be uh, along the book variety and then we'll have a grand prize so the grand prize for this particular month, so March the 1st is when it will draw, is a Hendon Hooker autographed mini helmet. So sign up to the uh, Patreon group. We appreciate that. I'm going to go ahead and put it in the message board. So bam, you got it. Now, moving on. Let's talk a little bit, Joe Kim, Do- uh, Joe Kim Dotson. What do you think of the pickup for Tennessee with Joe Kim Dotson? Is Joe Kim or Joaquin? I thought it was Joaquin. I can go Honestly. with walking. Um, but just, I get it because like let me just restart it then. What do you think of the commitment by Joaquin Watson? Joaquin Dotson. Tony Quister Dave. Dotson. <laughs> um, start again. I think what do you think about the commitment of Joaquin Dotson? Dotson. I think I I'm think just, that, I'm just gonna do it one more time. Caleb, tell me about the commitment of Joaquin Dotson. You still got it wrong. It's Joaquin Dodson. Tell me about the commitment, Caleb, of Joaquin Dotson. Here we go. Okay. Um, Joaquin Dotson is a commitment out of Collierville High School, which is Collierville, for those who don't know, is just outside of Memphis. He is the son of Damian Dotson. I don't know if you remember him, Dave. He played for the Tigers in the late 90s, um, was on the Memphis team that beat Tennessee in 96, and then was on the two Memphis teams that almost beat Tennessee in 99 and 2000. Um, well, Tennessee uh, Tennessee didn't get beat by Memphis in 96. They got beat by the refs. The, uh, they did. They did. That's the worst call ever. Yes. Yeah. And it won an SB somehow, which it shouldn't have. But, yeah, they right. still – but to be fair, again, um, Peyton Manning should have played a lot better than he did in that game. I mean, Peyton Manning's the number one draft pick. You shouldn't be losing to a 4-7 and seven mid-major team and only scoring 17 points. Don't um, get sidetracked, Caleb. Uh, let's but, talk uh, about Joaquin okay. Dotson. He so is this a is... 178 pound receiver from the football mecca known as Collierville, Tennessee. Yes, Collierville is a suburb outside of Memphis. It's, um, I think for Josh Heupel, this is much more about. I'm just going to be honest. I, I, I give I give you guys my full objectivity. I don't pretend if a player is a good pickup or not. I don't think this is a pickup to for to have an impact on Tennessee football long-term. I think this is solely about Josh Heupel establishing a pipeline and keeping one in Memphis, particularly if Jerry Mack goes, who is, as you talked about over the weekend, Dave, in an article you wrote, um, Tennessee can, can deal without Jerry Mack, but they, they, that they do lose that Memphis pipeline if Jerry Mack is gone. And so I think for, 
for Josh Heupel. This is just to make sure he can get those. This is to make sure still the Amari Thomases can still he can get, still get them. And okay, so I d- he doesn't have offers from elite players or elite colleges, but this is so early. We're talking about Virginia, Arkansas, probably his best offer. So I'm not willing to go with you and that he's not an elite player. I think you could add a star. Uh, he's not real tall. He's six foot, 178 pounds. So you're probably right. But I do think this is a little bit early in the process to just kind of say this is a, a throwaway or a connection type of guy. But it's probably not the guy you would offer this early if you didn't have the transfer portal and couldn't get out of it after a year, right? That's that's probably true. You're right. Um, and that's where that's that's probably the big thing with this is that it's it's it it at least establishes some sort of rapport. Again, son of a very prominent Memphis Tiger football player too, which helps the pipeline. Maybe and look, you're right, he's so young. Damian Dotson, for those who don't remember, um could have gone a lot of places and chose to stay home. That was a really dumb decision by him. Looking back, he should have gone elsewhere. Um, he hurt his own NFL career, not you know by staying home and going to Memphis. But uh, I, I think that I think the big thing that the, the reason that's a big deal to me is that you could maybe see he has a little bit more understanding of the game. Being I, look, we see this a lot with players, um, particularly young players. A lot of freshmen who may not be great if they're the son of football players. They are they're a little more ready to go as freshmen and sophomores. So they don't develop that much. They don't get that much better. But you see that a lot, Dave, right? Where you see a freshman who, because he, I mean, the most high-profile case is Michael Munoz, who was ready to go as a freshman, but didn't hit, you know, his ceiling wasn't that high when he became a senior. And honestly, by the time he was a senior, I thought Aaron Sears was better than him. You see that a lot with other players. And- I'm not, I think you're right, but I'm not going to sell him short like that yet. I want to do some more research, and I've uh, actually talking with a uh, college assistant today, so should be able to get some insight into him. So maybe he's a guy who is just starting to climb up the recruiting rankings. Maybe he's just a three-star, and that's the best he's ever going to be. But Travis Post called Trooper Taylor. Why? because you got a coach that uh, might go to the Jacksonville Jaguars. In fact, some people at Football Scoop are surprised that it hadn't happened to this point. So uh, tell us about the latest. Tennessee could lose a coach off of their staff just after we discussed the the possibility of Auburn making a run at uh, Rodney Garner. Yes, uh, Jerry Mack, I believe, could go to the Jaguars. It looks like they were looking to him. Um, as a matter of fact, breaking news as we're talking on this, uh, Jerry Mack has left for the NFL. Tennessee has right. lost Jerry Mack to the NFL, so we probably need to so, reroute a little bit. Well, no, uh, it, well, we don't need to reroute because we had the right route on Saturday when I wrote about it. So uh, we'll continue the route. Uh, okay, who do you go get? And can this be a good thing? Sorry, Jerry McMahon, uh, if you're watching, nothing personal. But, I mean, really, as a running backs coach, what did you bring to the table? You were not an elite recruiter. So where does Tennessee go from here? I wrote over the weekend, Montario Hardesty. Then on our message board, I shared where Travis said, call Trooper Taylor. Those are my first two calls. Trooper Taylor back in the SEC. To give you a little bit of background on Trooper, it's been a while at Arkansas State. His wife was getting his doctorate, and he got it to coach his son. Now, a lot of people think there were NCAA issues, so he sent it, they sent him to Arkansas State. That's not the, how the NCAA works. It's not 
regulate. It's a, what do they call it? Deregulation or soccer? What's it called? When they move you oh, down? Uh, oh, relegation. 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 They didn't relegate him to Arkansas State. You're either allowed to coach or you're not. So he. By the way, relegation is going to be college football's model in about 10 years. Book it. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. Actually, I thought it was silly when you brought it up a few months ago, but I think you're right. But anyway, so the, it's not like he got relegated to Arkansas State. He wanted to spend more time with his family. Now he's at Texas A&M. Could you go hire him away? I don't think you have any ties to Trooper Taylor right now. And he's on Elko's staff. So he probably has some ties to him from the times at Duke. Listen, Trooper wants to go in the best job for Trooper. But uh, as Derek says, Jerry Mack was a good running back coach. If you ask me, he's replaceable. So, yes, I will call him. Um, but uh, Travis is calling, get him on the show tomorrow. They will do it. They probably would. But um, I went realistic in my replacement because Trooper just signed with AM. and uh, If he made a lateral move, there'd probably be a buyout. I went with Montario Hardesty. As a matter of fact, as much as I love Trooper, and I think he's an elite recruiter and a great, great underrated coach, not just a running backs coach. He's essentially a pseudo offensive coordinator the question i would have twofold would he leave but would josh heupel really want a guy who doesn't run his style of offense is that too many cooks in the kitchen caleb but it's brought to you by don self don self is your state farm agent in the greater chattanooga area call him because don self knows that customer service still matters and when that claim comes in you won't be thinking about that couple of bucks you spent on getting the best price. Go State Farm Agent Don Self, 423-396-2126, 423-396-2126, donself.net, donself.net. So in this case, with Montario Hardesty being not the same strong personality in the room, and I mean that as a compliment in the right situation, and having ties in the Carolinas and having coached at South Carolina so you'd hurt your opponent, Caleb, I would, I could make a strong argument, Montario Hardesty over Trooper Taylor, who I think is a very good recruiter. But in this situation, I could make an argument over Montario Hardesty. And who doesn't love seeing, as long as his name's not uh, uh, Chuck Smith, who doesn't love seeing a former ball come to coach at Tennessee? No, you're right. There's a little bit more. There, there's actually a little bit more connection with Trooper in Tennessee where he would be a better fit with Josh Heupel's offense. And I think you realize uh, when he was at Arkansas State, Dave, you know, he worked with Glenn Ellerby, who was at Arkansas State at the time. Yes. And uh, in addition to working with Glenn Ellerby, Blake Anderson, who was the head coach, is now at Utah State. And his offensive coordinator is Anthony Tucker, who worked with Josh Heupel when they were at Utah State. So they actually have similar offensive principles. He also worked under Gus Malzahn for for four years, who has his own – or actually, I'm sorry, it was two because then Gus Malzahn left for another job. But still, he worked under Gus Malzahn for two years. So Trooper has a certain level of understanding. And here's the honest truth. One, Trooper Taylor, here's a guy who just – had bad luck because he was rising the coaching ranks and would have been an offensive coordinator in two or three years if he didn't bolt Tennessee when he did, honestly, I think. Um, but I don't really I, think he had bad luck. I think he went to Arkansas State because 
That's where his son could play. His son wasn't good enough to play. I really think it was a family decision. Now, I could be being lied to, but Trooper's never lied to me. Okay, I, I actually would believe that. I think had Trooper not done that and had tried to stay on the coaching track, he'd be an offensive coordinator now. And here's here's the big deal for this. Well, and his wife's like a psychologist. And I know she wanted her doctorate. So she was able to get it there, too. They, they had a psychology degree. Anyway. Okay. So Trooper, here's the thing that I don't know if Monterio brings that Trooper would bring, Dave. And this is a big one. And I say this is a big one because I have reservations about Josh Heupel. Trooper can evaluate talent. Trooper can evaluate talent extremely well. And there is some, and by the way, there's something about it. Cause you see this with Rodney Garner. One of the unique things about the, you know, those longtime sec assistant coaches who have bounced around sec schools, but they're longtime sec assistants. Yes. They're one unique school. They're, they're almost all great at evaluating talent once they have experience in that, in, in doing that. And I like Ron Taylor Hardesty is an sec guy, but I mean, Trooper Taylor, that guy scout that I, I'm surprised he hasn't been a, hired as a lead scout for an NFL team. Honestly, I'm with you, brother. I, I'm with you. I think he's fantastic. Uh, portions of the program brought to you by the hemp house. We're going to get an update on our poll question. Hemp house, the premier hemp dispensary online with a wide variety, great selection and strict standards to ensure you only receive the best CBD or Delta products. Hemp house chat with two T's.com house chat with two T's. Dot com. So there you go. Coming up on the program, boy, Alabama's falling apart. And I love me some uh, uh, Trey Smith for sure. But uh, well, let's update the poll question before we get back to the Trooper Montario talk. Um, Jawan Jennings, 65% of the vote. If you could have somebody back for one more season, Trey Smith too. Jennings loses the Super Bowl. Uh, Smith uh, wins the Super Bowl. Second already. Uh, I, 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 with the hardesty and Taylor's, I guess a former ball. He's not a former ball player, but he's he's former ball in some shape, form, or fashion. To me, Caleb, that uh, that would have very little factor. I would just go for the best coach. I don't believe in hiring coaches just because they have a tie-in. If it works out, that's great. If I'm completely 50-50 on one coach over the other, and a guy tells me. I want to be on your staff forever because you're at Tennessee. Then that's a factor. But a list of factors, it's probably seven, eight, nine, ten on the list. Okay. What about this? You want your future offensive coordinator? You know, say Halsley leaves or you know whatever. You know, has yeah, the, the, the again, that's not. I mean, that has really not been true. Is he going to learn this entire offense? Don't you have to be groomed like Golish he- was in this offense? I, I think he learned the principles of the offense at Arkansas State working under Blake Anderson. I think that's where he actually – a lot of the principles are similar to what Josh Heupel runs. Um, okay. All right. And so I'll, I think I'll, he has – I'll a, with this afternoon and see if he has interest. Yeah, and, and also, aren't some of the principles of Heupel's offense – I mean, they're different, but don't they have simil- some similar principles to what Gus Malzahn runs? Uh, yeah, and besides that, Trooper – have you ever heard me use my style substance – um, conversation with two people, Trooper and uh, Bruce Pearl. So, like, some people are style and not substance, right? They look flashy, right. but they really aren't great at what they do. Give me an ex- give me a coaching example of that. Ed Orgeron. Okay. The guy's got so much energy. Thank <laughs> like... you. That I, could, I, I you could give me all day, and I couldn't think of a better one. But <laughs> substance wise, as a head coach, he, he ain't got it. 
you know, he's a good defensive line coach and he is a good recruiter. I'm going to tell you, Bruce Pearl and Trooper Taylor are the two guys that I've met in my life that have a whole lot of style and every bit the substance to back it up. Every bit yeah. the substance to back it up. And that's pretty unusual because they got a lot of flair. They got a lot of style. The kids call it the, the ish, the charisma or the is or something like that. But they've got it, but they back it up with 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 true substance. They're the people they coach get better. Chuck Smith gets worse. Former ball defensive line coach. Chuck Smith. He also was coaching under Derek Dooley. Yeah, but they got. I'm not sure there was a lot of stability there. But anyway, um, that's a whole different conversation. Google uh, Chuck Smith. Don't do it now. But Chuck Smith uh, press conference, Neyland Stadium. Oh, I remember that. Oh, that's great. Like me asking questions and all this craziness. But all right, so let's take a look at Tennessee's uh, recruiting and where they stand right now. And again, we're moving ahead of the 2025 classes, as uh, Bill Belichick would say. On to 2025. Uh, so right now it's led by George McIntyre. Tennessee has six commitments. Jack Van Dorsalaire. Did I pronounce that correctly, the tight end? I think I did. Uh, Ty- yes, I believe you did. Tyler Redman out of Georgia. By the way, Jack Van is out of Texas. Uh, he's a cornerback. Uh, Jack Van, the tight end, is a four-star. The rest of these guys are going to be three-stars. I'm going to throw at you. Justin Baker, running back, Buford, Georgia. Dylan Lewis, cornerback, Milton Alpharetta, Georgia, and Joachim Dotson, who we just met, uh, mentioned Joachim Dotson out of Collierville, Tennessee. So Tennessee's ranked right now very early, doesn't matter. 2025 class is um, is 10. Number 10. Yeah. So good, bad, way too early to even look at that. Way uh, too early sure to tell. Yeah. Be sure and take a look at our Patreon page if you want to be a part of some insider recruiting information that we're going to begin, at, begin adding this week. And we'll have a drawing later for our last week's weekly prize. And then at the end of the month, we'll draw for a uh, Hendon Hooker mini helmet. So, all right, here we go. Coming up on the uh, program, we're going to talk a little bit of Super Bowl and why uh, Butch Jones took some credit for Jawan Jennings' touchdown pass. Are you kidding me? Seriously, Butch, sociopath. Two minutes. Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker, Optic Sports. Sand and salt water? The beach is a very relaxing place. Unless you wear contacts. Ow! Open your eyes to the best the beach has to offer with LASIK vision correction from Campbell Cunningham Laser Center. Ah. Sports Treasures in North Knoxville is one of the South's largest sports cards and memorabilia dealers, featuring over 10 million sports cards from vintage to modern. Sports Treasures carries a full line of hobby boxes, singles, autographed memorabilia, Tennessee ball collectibles, fan cave decorations, and so much more. See a museum full of collectibles at Sports Treasures, 4819 North Broadway in Fountain City, and Sports Treasures on Facebook. Sports Treasures, where the real sports fan goes to shop. Have you seen the latest TriStar Hats Co. product? TriStar Hats Co., what's that? You know, those really cool hats, shirts, tumblers, and even license plates with three stars like the official Tennessee flag and stripes like the American flag. Pretty patriotic if you ask me. Ah, gotcha. Seen those. Those are cool. Where can I get them? Simple. 
TriStarHatsCo.com. And if you order now, there's 10% on any order $50 or more. Plus, use the promo code HOOKED. With the promo code HOOKED, you get 10% off. That's HOOKED. And don't forget free shipping with any order over 50 bucks. Stock up at TriStarHatsCo.com. That's TriStarHatsCo.com. There are plenty of wannabes out there, so make sure you go to TriStarHatsCo.com for the best quality and customer service. Will do, and I'll be sure to use the promo code HOOKED. That's HOOKED when I do to save an additional 10% off. TriStarHatsCo.com. TriStar Hats Co. is a trademark of TriStar Hats Co. LLC. Any use without express written consent is prohibited. Guys, welcome back to the show. Uh, Dave Hooker. <laughs> Dave Hooker got caught. I walked out of my studio. What happened? <laughs> that was All right, great. here we go. Let's get back to it. The Dave Hooker How many Tennessee show? fans? Oh, I don't even like course. that one. Let's do one instead. I like this one. The Dave Hooker Show, represented by Banks and Jones, Tennessee's trial attorney. Play to win, banksjones.com. Uh, who's this guy? Hello, wizard. The Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. What? YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the free Off the Hook Sports app. Back to Dave Hooker. All right, welcome back. Let's talk a little bit of Super Bowl now as – man, I love Trey Smith. I'm sorry. He wins his second Super Bowl, and it's just so cool to see what he's able to do. You know, I covered a guy in Charles Hathaway that had the blood clot issue and never was the same player, Caleb, and he wasn't partly – because of the medicine made him very, very fatigued. So that maybe the medicine has, has improved. I mean, that's been what almost 20 years. Um, but Charles Hathaway was never the same player. And I thought that immediately with Trey Smith. It was the first thing that went through my mind. Now he's already got his second Super Bowl ring. He's about to get paid, paid, if not this year than next, because he's making basically the rookie minimum of nine hundred and fifty thousand dollars, which depending on where you are in life, ain't bad money, but it's not what he's worth. He's going to be worth in the 16 million range, I believe. Uh, but I tell you, he absolutely um, might be, other than Brock Purdy, the best value in the NFL right now because he is an all he's an all-pro type of guard knocking on it he is just incredibly good i spent a lot of time watching him last night as i tend to do with offensive linemen but um now with darnell Wright, and i know they weren't coached or recruited by the same guys but does tennessee have any sort of notion to get back to that hey we can tennessee can create great offensive linemen come here be a superstar is that doable oh yeah i mean trey smith and juan jennings played for tennessee when they were at their lowest and well, I mean, specifically with offensive linemen. Is there oh, enough there to start a bit of a churn? I mean, you got Carvin as well, right? Yeah, Jerome Carvin. Um, I, he he was released by the Chiefs in September, though, October. But he was, I, I mean, I think he's still getting a ring, isn't he? If you're on the roster, you get a ring. And so, but he was released. But Trey Smith, um, I think with hype, a little bit more tackles. 
and, and I mean, as much as I love a Javante Spragans and a, a Cooper Mays who will go to the NFL, don't get me wrong. Hypo system doesn't necessarily coach interior linemen the way it should. I think a lot of times because it's a lot of it's a lot of blocking to a place, not maintaining blocks. In the NFL, I don't care what you run; it's you got to maintain blocks in the NFL. That that's rule number one, isn't it? You can't you can't you you don't directionally block in the NFL. You maintain blocks uh, in the NFL. Not, you do not shield block in the NFL. Yeah, exactly. So I think hypo. I think it's. I think tackles. It can help a lot. It's going to be a little bit trickier with guards and interior linemen. With them, it's just going to be about how good they are. Put it that way. And so, very good yeah. point. All right, hit that like and subscribe button. Do that favor for me. Um, has any player from the moment that they oopsed that? has transformed themselves more in a fan base's mind in the football world's mind because Jawan Jennings was on this was on social media, Instagram or whatever he was on ripping the fact that the coaches wouldn't let him play quarterback before the Vanderbilt game, which was that part was a lot of left field, but it, it just, it was also a glimpse into how crazy things were going. So now I give him more of a pass for that. We talked about that last week than, than more of a pass for that than I normally would. But now, not only, he's kind of like Grant Williams in a way, in that he's he's turned himself into a very, very solid player. Not the first option on a team, but this guy's hanging around in the NFL and... I think what's going to happen to him is he's probably going to get an offer to go somewhere else and be the lead receiver. And I hope that works out for him. I don't know if he's that able uh, and that gifted, but I can't think of a player other than I know ghost for Johnny majors is on here that has changed the perception of himself as a former ball more than, more than Jawan Jennings. Let me make the argument for, Johnny Majors. He would go to every golf tournament. This was before the internet, and we'd be interviewed by every local paper, the Smyrna Times, and he would rip Philip Fulmer. And it would come back, and the new Sentinel would pick it up. So it was like he spent the whole summer ripping Philip Fulmer. Well, he didn't. And eventually somebody went to him and said, You need to stop doing that. And then, then he was brought back into the Tennessee family slowly but surely. Um, Jawan Jennings has done that. I, th- I mean, I'll be honest with you. I thought the guy was some sort of thug or punk or something. We did the social media thing, and that's a guy who goes out and blocks hard, plays hard, doesn't care if he touches it 20 times a game. I mean, he can be – I give him the ultimate compliment. He can be a Dallas Cowboy tomorrow. Oh, yeah, that's an ultimate compliment. Okay, because, you know, the cow – I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, mean, I didn't mean to give – by the way, Taylor Swift's got a Super Bowl ring before Dak Prescott. Um so anyways, I uh, just wanted to point that out, Dave. Uh, what I was going to bring up about Dewan Jennings was this is where I don't think he transformed himself. Every fan under the sun was on Juwan Jennings' side when he went at the coaching staff. And actually, to me, it spoke it spoke to the level of type of player Juwan Jennings is. They think about when Juwan Jennings was asking to do this. Tennessee was four and seven. They had just fired Butch Jones. They had the worst team of all time. Jawan Jennings had suffered what we thought was a was a season-ending injury. And he still wanted to go out there and play against Vanderbilt. 
what does that say about Juwan Jennings' makeup that he wanted to do that? You know, and that's that. Yeah, I, it going out there and playing quarterback. Uh, Demanding he, to play quarterback was a little bit stupid. No, he wanted to play in any way possible, and they told him that he could get looks at quarterback. They told him he could get reps at quarterback. He okay. went on Instagram because he said they lied to him. Okay, okay? but you're not going to do that during the season. I mean, if he thinks that they're going to suddenly, before an SEC opponent, up and put a new quarterback in that plays wide receiver, that's not going to be the case. But that's he was, but I mean, but Caleb, be, be real Do you here. think that's he lied? End. Do you think he lied on, on the Instagram on. post? Hold on. Be real here. That's not going to happen. You're not going to put a quarterback in at the end of the season if he hasn't seen reps all year. But then why did the coaches string him along like they would? That's the yeah, thing that made him so I mad. I doubt that the coaches strung him along. And I will argue till I'm blue in the face that you don't go on social media and make this a public case. I, I mean, that's that's just a simple fact. You don't. You handle it in-house. But I... I'll give him more of a pass than I ever would because it looks like he is the sane one out of the group. Derek says, Dave, he could have made a difference at quarterback uh, that year that team stunk. Now, that's yep. that, that's there's a certain truth to that. If you want to do the James Banks at Georgia thing, if you remember that, where they went to a yep. really mobile pocket, yeah, probably that would have thrown Vanderbilt off. It's really crazy that we're having to talk about inventive ways to beat Vanderbilt. I mean, that just tells you where the program Remember was. Remember when Joker Phillips threw a receiver at quarterback and beat Tennessee? Yeah, I do. I mean, it, it happens, and this was the last game of the year. Jawan Jennings, by the way, uh, someone just brought this up. For those who don't know, he was a higher-rated QB in the same class than Lamar Jackson was, and he now has a Super Bowl pass before Lamar Jackson got a Super Bowl TD pass. <laughs> just a funny stat, but... um. Jawan Jennings, the thing that really stands out to me about him is, and this was him at Tennessee. Yeah, I don't know if he can ever be the best, like, go-to, like, rack up a lot of yards receivers, Dave, but do you know those type of players that, like, they're not, they're solid players, but then in the big moments, they randomly turn it on? And two words for you. Who? You what me, I can give you the rest of the week, and you won't come up with a better one. Robert Ori. I was, I actually had him in my mind. No, I did, Yes. Juwan Jennings is the Robert Ory of the NFL. He's a solid everyday starter in the NFL. But then when the moment comes, he steps it up like nobody's business. And he's a guy I want in my foxhole. And by the way, you you brought it up. Did you notice half of Christian McCaffrey's yards came because of Juwan Jennings' blocking yesterday? And guys, he wouldn't have won Super Bowl MVP if they won. Christian McCaffrey would have won Super Bowl MVP. McCaffrey would have deserved it too. But... That I would I would I would have if if I were voting I would have voted Jennings because throwing a touchdown too, um, but it McCaffrey really made that play. So either way, I mean, there's not a wrong answer between those two guys. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Portions of the program brought to you by the Hemp House, the premier hemp dispensary online with a wide variety, great selection and strict standards to ensure you only receive the best in CBD or Delta products. That's the Hemp House. Go to Hemp House Chat with two T's.com. Use the promo code HOOKED. That's HOOKED. Hemp House Chat with two T's.com. So what did 
what did Butch Jones do to try to take credit for a Super Bowl victory and like the most distant seven connections to Kevin Bacon you've ever heard of sort of way? Butch Jones thinks he created the wide receiver pass. That's what he thinks he created. So yes. yesterday after after the trick pass where Jawan Jennings caught the screen and threw the touchdown pass to Christian McCaffrey, Butch Jones tweeted out a video of Jawan Jennings doing the same thing where Josh Dobbs threw it to Jennings and Jennings threw it back to Dobbs and Dobbs ran for a touchdown against Florida in 2015 when Butch Jones was there. Now, Dave, why do you tweet that? You tweet that as a subtle dig to say I came up with this first, don't you? So is Butch Jones implying that he came up with a play that was run two coaching staffs that Yes. How's he how could that play get from Butch Jones's head to San Francisco? I'm trying to because figure it he, out. Because he's thinking because it's Jawan Jennings in both instances that he did it. But yes. Yes, Butch Jones tweeted out that video. Now, you know what he didn't tweet out, Dave? You know what he didn't tweet out? That was that that game. That was the game that Tennessee lost to Florida because Butch Jones couldn't didn't know that you go for two when you're up 20 when you score a touchdown to go up 26 to 14 in the fourth quarter. And that was the game where Butch Jones burned a timeout because he wasn't prepared for a field goal that Florida was going to kick in the middle of the third quarter. So you tweet out a game that is probably your worst coach game ever. And that's saying something because he had a lot of poorly coached games. Okay. And you tweet out that one. It was, it, it was so embarrassing. And you could, he, you could so tell he was trying to give to subtly give himself credit for the Jawan Jennings touchdown pass that came out yesterday to say, well, we thought of this eight years ago when Jawan Jennings was at Tennessee. That was what was going through Butch Jones's mind. It's one of the most embarrassing so like, things. Uh, yeah, so like the to. implication is Jawan goes to the Niners coaching staff late last week or early last week and says, hey, uh, I got this guy. Maybe you've heard of him. His name's Butch. And they're like, oh, you mean the guy from Pulp Fiction? No, 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 no. I mean the guy with the really, really bad $8 haircut. <laughs> they say, oh, you mean Gomer Pyle? And you say, no, 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 no. His name's Butch. And it's Butch Jones, and he was my college coach. And they're like, oh, you mean that sociopath we heard about in college? He goes, that's the guy. <laughs> so, okay, so <laughs> they're they're talking to him, and, and he said, despite his sociopathic tendencies and the fact that he would lie to me, I I have this idea. He had this play that we would run a wide receiver pass. Thoughts? I mean, is that supposed to be the conversation that happened? Is that what Butch Jones <laughs> actually inferring happened? That's what I think he's inferring happened. Yes. I mean, he is. Again, the guy, he wants us to believe. By the way, Lucas Taylor caught a, Dana Cutcliffe caught a receiver pass with Lucas Taylor multiple times. For a touchdown when he was at Tennessee. He didn't because he was a former play. No, I agree with you. He didn't invent yes. play. Um, as a matter of fact, you should have done more, especially <coughs> pardon me, especially in college where you can play some lower level competition and give your your top flight competition things to look at. You should have run more things with Jennings. I mean, he yes. he was he was a he was a three-star quarterback. I mean, let's not say that he was just a, a four-star receiver that was an okay quarterback. He he could have played quarterback at schools like MTSU 
schools along those levels. And he almost did it, but he loved Tennessee. Turns out the guy loves Tennessee. His passion meter just might run a little bit too high. Our poll questions on our YouTube page, please vote. Who would you rather have back for one more season, Trey Smith or Jawan Jennings? So I want you to make the argument between those two. As uh, coming up, we'll visit with Rick Terry, Rick Terry Jewelry Designs. They want to be your jeweler looking for affordable game day jewelry. How about the Fire Opals, the Tennessee tradition, rickterryjewelry.com, rickterryjewelry.com. So you can have either of those players at their college peak. Now, I'm not saying they're going to come back as pros and all that stuff, but they're that, that much more mature and that much better. But at their college peak, and we're going to say no blood clots, okay? Who would you add back to this particular 2024 team for one year? And right now, it is about two to one, Jawan Jennings. Several people voting. Vote now. Vote now. And give me your reasons and why on the message board. So, who would you go? I'll let you go first. The message board is wrong. It's Trey Smith. And I love Juwan Jennings. I love him. I well, think the from a was wrong. The poll question, I guess. Yeah, the poll. The poll was wrong. The results are wrong. Okay. I love Juwan Jennings. And it was Sergeant I mean, Carter, not Gomer Paul. Sorry, go ahead. So if I'm at a bar and a fight's about to break out, I want to be with Juwan Jennings. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you know, I don't know, man. Trey's pretty big. Yeah, but I don't know. Trey would actually Trey would think rationally and say we should go out, get out. Jawan Jennings is like, I'm going in and I'm going to knock out everybody I can. Jawan Jennings is a fight over flight type of guy. Trey could win the fight, but I think Trey would think more rationally. And sometimes I want the guy who's not going to think rationally at the bar. Okay, so I I love Jawan. He's one of my favorite players just from his leadership perspective. But guys, in terms of just actual wait, talent, wait, 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 wait. wait. I'm sorry. You just can't give him a pass on letting in-house stuff. Yes, I can. Yes, no, I can. No, 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 I no, covered no, that no, team, Dave. No, I absolutely no, no, can. No, no, no. I, I did too. So, but the, the question, but you can't give him a leadership star. I mean, there's no comparison in leadership to him and Trey Smith. I'll just tell you, Trey was there for Cooper Mays. Trey was the leader on that team uh, for those years. And, Coop well, speaks Trey's very a too. I was, I was getting to Trey. I was just trying to praise Juwan first to make it clear that I'm not knocking him for what I'm about to say in favor of Trey. Trey Smith. Okay, Juwan Jennings has some limitations that could keep him from being a Hall of Fame receiver because you know his speed's a little bit. You know he doesn't have the same speed. He's not the most crisp route runner. Trey Smith could be a Hall of Fame offensive guard. That guy could go to the Hall of Fame as an offensive guard. I'm dead serious on that. And I agree with that, but getting back to your point, if, so I would if take Trey Smith. If you don't run crisp routes, you, uh, he's not a great leader. You can't say Juwan Jennings. Is yes, a great he is leader. a great. Ask any. I know you talk about Cooper. Cooper was didn't come until after Juwan Jennings came. We should talk to Jacob Warren about this. Ask anybody from that 2019 team about Juwan Jennings' leadership. That guy was the guy you wanted in your foxhole for everything. Okay, and if you can't if you can't work on your craft to be a crisp route runner, which you just said, we know the work on it. Media, it's just, we know the social media thing. We know the social media thing. Listen, I'll give him somewhat of a pass, and I'll say he was a good teammate instead of a horrible teammate. But I'm not giving him. I'm not giving him great leader. Those are 
kind of designated for very special individuals. And I think Trey Smith was one of those. I mean, when I talk great leaders, I don't know what kind of numbers you're talking about, but on a hundred man roster with walk-ons, I'm talking about maybe five guys. Yes. Juwan Jennings and Trey Smith were both one of those guys. Okay. And uh, so, yeah, I, and I don't know the dynamics, particularly in the locker room that year, but uh, that would, uh, that would somewhat uh, surprise me. It was for different reasons. They were leaders in a way. Trey Smith was the, your, your early nineties Cowboys. Trey Smith was like the Troy Aikman, the measured leader. You know what I mean? The guy that's like, you know, kind of responsible, everything like that. But Michael Irvin was the leader of, I want that guy in my foxhole if something goes down. And that was Jawan Jennings. And I think that, but again, I would take Trey Smith. Also, just let's talk needs for a minute for college. Who does Tennessee need more this year? An offensive guard or a receiver? It's an offensive guard, right? Yeah. You Dan, have- says, Dan says who brought more value day one in the NFL. That Trey would have been Trey Smith. He was ready to go from the get, but Juwan Jennings was pretty ready to go. Yeah, he was. Uh, well, also, yes, Juwan Jennings was pretty ready to go in the NFL, but Trey Smith was uh, – I, 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 I'm I with you. I got to go Trey Smith, and I think you probably go Trey Smith too, it sounds like. You would disagree with the poll results. Oh, too, yeah, right? I would go with Trey, uh, and someone – I think it was Travis brought up the point. He plays every day. I think it is Trey, um, and I think I would rather have – I think he's going to be an elite offensive guard. I think that Juwan Jennings, when all is said, is going to be a very good um, receiver. I don't think he's going to be elite. I don't think he's going to be Hall of Fame. I think, like you said, Trey Smith can be Hall of Fame. So if you had him back, I mean, listen, if you had Trey Smith back, this offensive line is one of the best in the country. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, And and his heart. We haven't even mentioned his heart. I mean, blood clots. I mean, that stuff can kill you. I know no, I've got family is. members that have had to deal with blood clots. Someone on our staff has had to deal with that. That's scary because, like, in a second, drop dead. I mean, how do you go out there and play and do a physical sport? That's why I mentioned earlier Charles Hathaway. If he decided to give it up because of that and the possible repercussions, which include death, then I don't blame him. Let's also put this out here real quick. Something that's fair for Trey Smith and Jawan Jennings. By the way, Trey Smith next year, we're going to pay day. Jawan Jennings is a free agent this year and just had his best game in the Super Bowl, even though he lost. Jawan Jennings is about to get paid. And one of the reasons he, he is, I think you agree with me, Dave. I know the NFL is different, but coaches talk, don't they, in the NFL? So they recommend players. Everybody's going to recommend Jawan Jennings as a teammate, aren't they? You're going to have former players that play with San Francisco that are going to be like, we want this guy on our team. Yes, my concern is that he'll be an Alvin Harper, is that he'll go to be a team's number one and that that won't work out. And he's not. As long as he got the money, it's fine, though. What the money? Yeah, for him, there's there's no question. Imagine Trey and Darnell side by side talking about Darnell Wright. You had that. Jeremy Pruitt had that. Yeah, that's. And he blew it. (laughs) He had Trey, Darnell, Cooper Mays, Wanye Morris, and Jerome Carvin. On an offensive line, yeah, yeah, should have just it. ran it every play, right? Yeah, but you gotta you gotta butch it up. We're gonna have ex, uh, expanded recruiting coverage on our uh, Patreon, and you can certainly check it out right there. We would appreciate that. As a matter of fact, a breakdown of uh, who Tennessee is looking at on the offensive line and some some of the top offensive line prospects. So you can join now. It's just nine dollars and ninety eight cents a month. It's brought to you by. 
Sports Treasures because they're supplying some of our prizes. Uh, weekly prize that I'm going to announce today for last week. Then we'll make the announcements on Friday from this point forward. And the grand prize this week, which will draw from everybody. You don't have to be like a qualifier. Uh, but we had a lot of fun over the weekend interacting. The grand prize is going to be a, a Hendon Hooker autographed mini helmet. It's brought to you by Sports Treasures, carrying over 5 million sports treasures and so much more. Follow on Facebook for the best sports memorabilia. But go ahead and join that right now. And we're going to have some flexibility, too. If you don't want a shirt and you'd rather have an uh, autographed Dalton Connect picture, that might be a possibility. So when I reach out to the winner, we'll see what best fits you. I'm sure some of you have, have already bought the shirt, which you can do. You can also buy the NCAA shirt if you go to our merch shop. Uh, we'll share that here in just a second. But uh, let's let's change gears if if we might. It is time for Four Downs, and it's brought to you by our friends at Dynasty Pools and Spas. Hit the bubbles. Four Downs brought to you by Dynasty Spas, the most comfortable spas made in the United States of America, right here in East Tennessee. Drop in for the all-new showroom in Athens, Dynasty Spas, perfect for all four seasons. Four Downs presented by Off the Hook Sports. All righty, we're going to hop in the hot tub with Coop. Uh, it's going to be one of their bigger hot tubs there at Dynasty Pools and Spas. Cooper Mays here. Hit like and subscribe. Thank you, Coop. What down? Coop here. First down. It is first down. Ryan Grubb leaves Alabama for the Seattle Seahawks. 48 hours after he said, I'm your guy. I'm leading this big red elephant into the end zone, and here I go, and you can't be more excited. And I'm talking to a club, then 48 hours, he's gone. Was Ryan Grubb's decision made off purely the job, that's first down, or was it made off the fact that Alabama's imploding? What was the bigger factor in his decision? I know you want to say because Alabama's imploding, but it's the job. Look, guys, this is an, this one. It was the Seattle job. He's just been in Washington the last four years anyway. And in a, for NFL for assistance, the NFL is a better job than college right now. It just is. The workload is so much less. Ryan Grubb wants to call plays. He doesn't want to recruit. Uh, totally agree. Uh, but that doesn't mean the tide's not that they're not imploding. So they they certainly are. What down, Coop? Cooper Mays here. Second down. How much should expectations change? For this year among Alabama fans who think, by the way, that Caleb DeBoer is just going to keep the Saban train running. He's not. How much should expectations change not only with the upcoming season, but the upcoming recruiting class now that you've had coaching change? And don't mention player change because I want to get to that. But just with coaching change, how concerned should Alabama fans be and how good is this for the rest of the SEC? I think I want to say I think Alabama should still be a a contender this year, but I don't think they are going to be like Georgia, where when they come to your house, you think that like, oh my gosh, we're playing a team far vastly and vastly superior to us. You know what I mean? Like there's a like it's one of those like you know you know teams Dave that you play that yeah they could be contenders, but you don't really consider them like you you don't fear them when you face them. 
You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm sorry. You fear Georgia. Well, when South you Carolina that. shows up. But South Carolina can't be a contender. Well, I, that's what I'm saying. Like, you're saying the Alabama, uh, when they were going through NCAA issues in the 90s, they showed up. Tennessee was the better team, and Alabama should have been more concerned about Tennessee than vice versa. That's basically what you're saying, whereas Tennessee's been more concerned about Alabama, right? Yes, yes. Okay. Uh, a, a good way to say this is actually um, – Ole Miss. I think we, you and I both think Ole Miss could be very, very good this year with Lane Kiffin. Very yes. good. If you go play Ole Miss, though, you think, wow, this could be a very good team. Well, you know, we might have to play well today. If you go play Georgia, it's, oh, S, we're playing Georgia. We better hope we get lucky. To, we need a miracle to win this game. Alabama's closer to the Ole Miss realm of that than they are to the Georgia realm. No one's going to think they need a miracle to beat Alabama, which they have for the last 15 years. Okay. If you can, uh, I want to share the screen. Do we have the the players from Alabama that have entered the portal? Um, do we have the players that have left? Can we pull up a screen like that? Right, well, I can't. I can't show them all on one screen. Um, the way, well, to be fair, I wait. Wait before you even say that. I couldn't do that with Tennessee either because I usually do it the two four seven sports and I'll, the way it's laid out. It's just too. Um, we can scroll it, can't we? Yeah, we can scroll it, but I okay. can't show it all on one screen. So I'm trying okay, to do that. Well, let's, well, that's fine. We can, we can, we can scroll it. So let's, uh, we're going to go ahead and pull that up. And uh, I'm going to ask you this down, which is third down, Coop. Tennessee center, Cooper Mays here. Third down. All right. Let's go ahead and pull it up. Do I need to pull up on my end? I can do that. No, I got it. I just shared it with you. Oh, there you go. Boom, bang, go. All right. So, um, the list of names, if you can uh, just, uh, so people can see that if you're on our, visual platform like YouTube, you can see it, but give us the list of names and I'll tell you the player they're going to miss the most this year. Cause that's our question. Who does Alabama miss most this year? If they end up at another school. All right. And, and, and give me the, so some they're in the portal, but they can't sign with schools until the spring period. Right. No, no, no. A lot of them have already transferred and enrolled okay. at other schools. Transferred. Okay. I gotcha. All right. I was thinking the Michigan situation because it was after signing day. Right. Yeah. So, um, okay, all right, here okay. we go. Quarterback Julian Sand has transferred to Ohio State. Cornerback Jameer Grimsley has transferred to Florida. Offensive lineman Caden Proctor transferred to Iowa. Safety Caleb Downs transferred to Ohio State. Cornerback Trey Amos transferred to Ole Miss. Um, these are a couple players they've added. Uh, tight end Amari uh, Niblack has transferred to Texas. Linebacker Sean Murphy's transferred to Florida State. Cornerback Antonio Kite has transferred to Auburn. Cornerback Des Ricks transferred to Texas A&M. The wide receiver Isaiah Bond transferred to Texas. Linebacker Kerry, or Kendrick Blackshire transferred to Texas. Safety Jake Pope transferred to Georgia. Uh, wide receiver Hayden Neighbors is in the portal. Running back Roydell Williams transferred to Florida State. Tight end Jax Porter is in the portal. Hasn't landed anywhere. Um Linebacker Ian Jackson has transferred to Texas San Antonio. Uh, tight end Miles Kitzelman has transferred to Tennessee. Um, I believe uh, wide receiver Shaz Preston has transferred to Tulane. Cornerback Earl Little has transferred to Florida State. Safety Christian Story has transferred to Kentucky. Interior offensive lineman Terrence Ferguson to Florida State. Interior offensive lineman Seth McLaughlin to Ohio State. Wide receiver Malik Benson to Florida State. Defensive line Monkel Goodwine to South Carolina. Qu quarterback Eli Holstein to Pittsburgh. And that's all. Caleb Downs, to answer the question, Caleb Downs 
will be the one that they miss the most. Yeah, and I wasn't even done, but yes, Caleb Downs will be the one they miss the most. So those were just the ones who transferred after Saban retired. Okay, <laughs> let me ask you this. What down is it, Coop? All SEC center Cooper Mays here, fourth down. Do you think deep down, if you gave Kalen DeBoer the truth serum and you said you have to take this and this is like a James Bond movie and you're going to give us the honest truth, you regret leaving Washington. And if you could reset it, would you do it? I'll ask Caleb that question in 60 seconds. Four downs brought to you by Dynasty Pools and Spas. Having the best spas made right here in the United States of America in your backyard. Dynasty Pools and Spas, their showroom is open in Athens right off the interstate. You can stop by and check out the best hot tubs and spas in the market. And then delivery, yes, they can do that. It's Knoxville or Chattanooga. They've got complete support spa cover and chemicals to keep your spa bubbling at its best. They also have pool chemicals as well. Dynasty Pools and Spas, amazing discounts for first responders, military, and even some blemish models. It can save you a ton, and no one will ever notice. Mention Off the Hook Sports, get $500 off. Mention Off the Hook Sports, get $500 off. Dynasty Pools and Spas. Go to DynastyPoolsAndSpas.com or stop by that showroom in Athens. DynastyPoolsAndSpas.com. Dynasty Pools and Spas. I would bet Caleb Caleb's pay that Kalen DeBoer, if he could do it all over again, would still be the head coach of Washington. Why wouldn't you bet your pay? Why are you putting my salary on the line, man? <laughs> I, mean, I, got, I got bills to pay. What do you got a baby on the way or something? Yes. <laughs> but here's the thing. I, do you not think you would reset it and go back if you could? In a heartbeat. But this is why I, one of the things that should help Tennessee. I don't think Kalen DeBoer is the smartest coach. Um, I'm just going to be honest. Kalen DeBoer. I watched him in the college football playoff. And he made some basic in-game mistakes that almost cost the team to win. And I don't think he... I don't think he saw what he was in for by taking the Alabama job. No. And it's, and it's not still, just. Can I still smoke you red mountain reds thoughts? I don't sure. even think it took 40 players telling him they were going in the portal. I don't think it took grub leaving him after being his offensive coordinator. I think it happened early. Smoky mountain red said he stepped off the plane, saw what sec football is all about and followed the best coach in college football history. He's nervous as blank. I think he knew within three or four hours that, uh-oh, I may have made a huge mistake. All right, I'm going to disagree with that a little bit because I don't believe the lack of not, not knowing what SEC football is all about is a big thing. Look, guys, when Saban stepped off the plane in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, he didn't know anything about what SEC football was all about, Dave. You know that. Like, he had no idea what SEC football was all about. And he almost wanted to leave. He called his wife crying, wanting to leave Baton Rouge, like, two days there because he hated it so much, okay? And what did he do? He became the greatest coach ever. I think he could have gotten past that. I think he could have gotten past the transfer portal. That's what's that's, – that's a big thing. Here's what I think he can't get past. He saw – how dumb the boosters are at Alabama. And he saw the NIL collectives and he realized that Alabama's collective is nowhere near on the level of other SEC schools. And then he learned from that moment on, he's not going to be able to recruit the way that other schools can recruit. And that's a gigantic problem. 
So that's the issue. Kalen DeVore made the mistake of a lifetime because he picked a school that is not as involved in NIL as it needs to be, and he knows it now. And there's Saban, it wasn't clear with Saban because people were taking the Saban discount to go play with them. They're not going to take a discount to play for DeVore. Alabama is not a top 10 school in the SEC and NIL. Uh, it's not. It hasn't had to be with Nick Saban. Nick Saban's yeah. gotten a Saban discount for years, so it, it hasn't had to be, which which I understand. I mean, I would encourage my son to have taken the uh, Saban discount, um, if that's the case. Take a little bit less NIL money from the University of Alabama because they can get you ready for the pros. Doesn't that make sense? Absolutely. Save, and Kirby Smart has that discount too now. So I think I, I totally agree. All right. So uh, I want to pull up this, um, this, this thing right here because uh, these were one of the most uh, gaudy things in the world. And the gentleman that I want to bring on uh, is not about gaudy. He's about being an incredible jewelry designer. And he also has the fire opals that are perfect for Valentine's day. Uh, let me go ahead and pull this up and get his, his thoughts on this as I'll click on the right thing eventually. And then I'll pull up Rick Terry from Rick Terry jewelry design as do, do, do. I know I can make this happen. Uh, all right, there we go. Here is the, here is the <laughs> God. Good morning. My goodness. Look at that. Um, that's something Rick Terry from Rick Terry jewelry. How are you, sir? I am fantastic. Thanks for having me. Hey, we appreciate it. It's almost Valentine's Day. You've got the fire opals. People uh, were discussing it on our message board, and they definitely need to uh, take advantage of that, like, right now. Well, what, 25 years ago or so, we kind of labeled it the official stone for the Orange Navy, Orange family, big Tennessee fan. If you like your fan, you like orange, it is the perfect color. And it's a genuine stone. We get them for years and years. We got them out of Mexico. We're getting some out of Ethiopia now. And so we've got quite the collection. And they they are a delicate stone. So we try not to put them in rings, but in bracelets. But earrings and necklaces, they're magnificent, beautiful stone. Just awesome. So let me ask you about this, if I can, Rick. Have you ever made anything even in the ballpark of that gaudy? If you look at that Super Bowl ring and how just, my goodness, over the top that is. So there's a ring out there that uh, from 1998, it's got the University of Tennessee on there, and it's a national championship ring. Okay. So very illegally, (laughs) I replicated it one time. Did you just, use like the real stuff? Just for fun to see if I could do it. And I did it. And I regret it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, Dave, that was the hardest job. However, that was back in the old days. We've got the CAD design software and the 3D printers, the CNC milling machines and the casting machine. It's just unbelievable. We're, we're geeks. We're we're tech necks. And so um, we we could do that now. I want to be very careful not to get in trouble with uh, <laughs> with with things out there. And I've just confessed some stuff there that I probably shouldn't have done on air, but that's okay. Uh, that was a long time ago. 
What, so, what I would really like is a Dallas Cowboys Super Bowl ring from 94 because they should have won that, but they let Jimmy Johnson get away. But anyway, um, Rick, <laughs> t- tell me about uh, what, what you guys do and how you can uh, actually absolutely recreate. And the, the 3D printer is unbelievable what you guys can do as far right. as, as jewelry and design. Okay. First off, let me get my plug in for myself. You don't mind. Yeah. Just between now and Wednesday, we've got the once a year clearance sale. It only happens once a year. It's old school. Everything in the store is marked down. Um, but, but calling it old school, what I mean is things that have been here for a while. I'm motivated to move. That gets a 40 for 50% off. But even the hottest, greatest, latest stuff that's that's doing well will get 20 to 30 off. And it's a big deal. And it lasts through Valentine's Day. So there's that. That's perfect. Um, All right. So I know people were talking on the message board um, about your website and people were uh, ordering fire opal rings. So everything can be ordered on the on the website. Can we order everything? We actually it? don't do that. We okay. we want you to come in. Okay. We're in, we're an in-person store. We want you to come in and shop. Perfect. So that's uh, that's kind of where we are. Now we we have the ability to be do some communication uh, through a process if let's say you're an out of towner and you want something custom made and you make one visit in or a second visit and yet we still need to have some communication with the customers. We have that ability to with a great uh, studio for taking taking the pictures. And being able to rate, relate all the information about the item as we're moving forward uh, and do that online. And we can do that. But uh, but we we want our customers to be in person as much as possible. They nothing like holding it, touching it, feeling it, seeing the, the scale and the geometry of what's going on. And that's the reason we have uh, Proform Lab uh, 3, two of them, in fact, 3D printers is they do nothing but prototypes. And so, so Blake or Matt are two, my sons, and you've met Blake before. He's our COO. Uh, They'll create that prototype. It'll come to my desk and I test it to be sure it's a viable product that, that everything is in line that needs to be to give it the go, no go. If it's a no go, I give notes. It goes back through the process. If it's a go, the customer's invited then to come in and see it. Hold it, touch it, feel it, see, you know, to know that exactly what they're going. So there's no pie in the sky. You're just kind of wondering what's it going to look like. So they actually get to see it, even though it's plastic. And uh, and then, of course, uh, get to get a firm quote on exactly what we're going to do on the job. No surprises. I don't like surprises myself. <laughs> and so and then we finish the product and um, uh, the 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 casting equipment alone, besides the CNC machines, uh, is an incredible piece of equipment. It it uh, uses microwave technology to actually melt the gold, which is a molecule excitement. Uh, it's got a it's water cool. It has argon blasting onto the molten metal. It has a, a vacuum to suck the the metal into the cavities, and then compressor to press it in there to make them as dense as possible. To give a good solid casting for the the item of jewelry that we make, and so when you look at the tools at eleven three twenty Kingston Pike at the corner of Kingston Pike and Campbell Station Road, the tools in this building are amazing. You will never see that in Eastern Tennessee, 
probably multiple states where what the kind of equipment we have and and the technology and the people that know how to use it. Let me ask you this, Rick, because I'm we're giving away some some dude wrote a book about the 98 national championship team. You might have a copy of that. I, I don't know if he can write or not. And, but, uh, and, and some guy has these hooker shirts printed up, but uh, we have our Patreon group of our mo- most loyal fans right there. Um, do, you, do you think that maybe I could give away some fire opal rings? You know what? How about let's do that? Okay. How about let's do that? I'm going to, I'll get you a pair of, Four millimeter round, that'd be like like equivalent to a quarter carat diamond. So that's a pretty good size stone. And a simple stud, probably valued around 400 bucks. Um, They're there for yours to give away. Perfect. If people want to sign up for the Patreon group, they get access to us. They get increased recruiting information and they might just win a pair of, uh, or might win a fire opal ring. So, Fantastic stuff, Rick. Rick, I need you to give some relationship advice real quick before before uh, this all. Oh ends. yeah, yeah, Caleb. Relationship got, advice? Yeah, this should be interesting. Caleb's got a baby on the way. Well, okay. <laughs> so, how about my mommy and my daddy's mother when she would go to a wedding shower? This is what she would say: Never do anything once you don't plan on doing for the rest of your life. Wait, my question is jewelry related, though. Oh, okay. <laughs> and it's actually related to so uh, you know uh for the for if you if you don't know rick i'm actually a big taylor swift fan so i've been following the taylor travis kelsey stuff yesterday when they Bless won <laughs> if travis kelsey is going to propose to taylor swift should he do it with what would be what what would a girl appreciate more the super bowl ring he just won or should he get another ring specifically for taylor oh swift? not the super bowl ring no you she well on on her level it's gonna be Probably six figures. Ouch. Yeah. And I would imagine it, it could possibly be approaching two digits in carrot weight. And an oval is a hot number. Radiant is a great stone, especially the, the more rectangular shapes. That's a hot number right now. They're great values, and we're seeing a, a movement. And of course, always the round, brilliant diamond is always number one. So, but if you're looking for something a little different, uh, an oval or a, a radiant would be cool. Great stuff. That cell is out there. And I'm so for, for what you need to do, Caleb, you need there's this beautiful little pendant that's a, it, it's a little abstract and it's a mother holding her child in front of her little baby. And at the bottom of it, kind of makes it look overall shaped like a heart, but it's a mother child. And and placed in there is the child's birthstone. So awesome. do, do we have a pretty good indication of the month? Uh, June 9th. June. Okay, so June um, June is an Alexanderite. That is a Brazilian stone for the most part. You see them in other parts of the country, but for the most part, more of those come out of Brazil. It is a color change stone. So under different lights, it changes colors which is very, very unique in that it does that. It'll go from a green to a purple and in between. So you can walk in, in a room with different kinds of lighting and it'll just change colors on you. And it's cool as I'll get out. Here's the, the caveat. <laughs> it's so rare, it costs way more than diamonds. <laughs> so, 
but you can, uh, I have a great source out of Brazil and I've got, uh, I keep those stones in stock from about a three millimeter and a little bigger, uh, which would be the perfect size for the little mother child piece. So Caleb, if you want to pursue that, I can get your email and shoot some pictures of this little pattern and maybe a picture of the stone. And, uh, and maybe that'd be a great gift for, a. Uh, what they call the pusher gift. There you go. All great. right. Thank you. Great stuff, Rick. Again, the sale is going on till February the 14th, sometimes 40, 50% off. Go to rickterryjewelry.com to learn more, but you want to go by the store. And I will tell you this, Rick, just a uh, random compliment. In this day and age where customer service is horrible, I walk in your place and I feel like I'm being catered to. Um, and it's not because they may know me. It's just your front of the store is just great people and they love working there which says a lot about you i attribute that to blake our oldest son and the culture and the team that he has built here with these uh these young girls that just they're all in and you go look at our reviews uh we're just we have so so many great reviews and a lot of them are are not just click a button they they wrote in a short two sentence or maybe three sentences of what their experience was like. And we're so proud of that. You know what, Dave, you just got to care. Well, that, that that's a good tagline. Uh, Rick, great stuff, buddy. Well, we'll see you soon. I, I appreciate it. Hey, you ever thought about covering a little bit of super motocross? I don't know if I can hang with you. This guy right here, Caleb, you wouldn't believe it, but jumps like 150 uh, feet in the air. Well, Saturday oh night in Mendale, Arizona, Ken Roxon won his first race in years on a Suzuki. You know, I'm a Suzuki guy. All right. Rick, good stuff. <laughs> appreciate you guys. Enjoy. We appreciate it. Rick. Um, Rick is just one of the most fantastic, nicest gentlemen I have ever met. And I mean that. So support our sponsors. That's why we're here. And we don't endorse anybody we don't believe in. That's Rick Terry Jewelry Design. That's why he's the only jeweler it's ever going to be on uh, our program and again if you want to join uh hooker's corner the uh patreon club our our little group we got going there i'm going to pull what we'll do we'll have multiple prizes this week is we're going to pull prizes for our weekly winner from last week and then we'll do a valentine's day gift giveaway uh, for those that are a part of the group and then we'll have another weekly giveaway at the end of the month we've got that hendon hooker mini autographed helmet it's going to be pretty awesome. I promise you that. So he's Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker. Two minutes. And then a very, very special guest, I believe, coming up next. I don't want to oversell it because I think he's here. But I, I'm excited about it. He's Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker. This has been a presentation of Off Dog Sports. Got cataracts? We can fix that. Never miss another moment with a little help from Drs. Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn at cctis.com. Hi, I'm Rick Terry, and we at Rick Terry Jewelry Designs pride ourselves in the highest quality craftsmanship from a family-owned business here in Knoxville for over 35 years. At Rick Terry Jewelry Designs, we also take pride in being an affordable option for all your game day accessories, especially those fire opals. At Rick Terry Jewelry Designs, we want to be your jeweler every day and especially on game day. Go Vols!
Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. Dare to compare. We believe every day is a good day to be thirsty. With free samples on draft and lots of flavors to choose from, Tennessee Cider Company prepares a hard cider that's easy to enjoy. Some say it's the signature cider of the South. Others say it's the cure to your craving. They all say you'll savor every sip. The area of Gatlinburg has so much to offer, and so does Tennessee Cider Company. Add us to your list for shopping and fun experiences. You'll be glad you made the trip. Find our cidery in the Mountain Mall on the Gatlinburg Parkway. Sip smart. Sip the good stuff. Sip Tennessee Cider Company. Thirsty yet? Doors open at 10 a.m. Welcome back. Working on that uh, special guest. Join Hooker's Corner, and you can win all kinds of great prizes and inside recruiting information. But first... We got to bring this thing back. If I don't, what's going to happen, Peyton? They're like, that is total bullshit. We're going to do it. Let's go ahead and do it right now off the hook spores. The Dave Hooker Show, represented by Banks and Jones, Tennessee's trial attorney. Excuse me, Your Honor. Play to win, banksjones.com. Um, who's this guy? Hello, wizard. The Dave Hooker Show, Ooh. a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. What? YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the free Off the Hook Sports app. Back to Dave Hooker. Welcome back to the program. He's Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker. Show represented by Banks and Jones. Banks and Jones. Your Tennessee trial attorney play to win. That's Banks and Jones. So we're going to wait a second on our special guest uh, who is supposed to join us here just any second. But workouts I hear are going a little bit late. So Caleb, it does give us an opportunity to dive into a couple of things that we wanted to, and that is one that wasn't great on Saturday night. And you can blame it on me because whenever I get together with family members or friends. Usually Tennessee does not play well. So my daughter now likes basketball for some reason. So she wanted to watch the game together. And I told her how good this Dalton Connect was. I told her Zakai Ziegler is one of the best point guards in the SEC, if not the nation, and what he does. And I went on and on and on. Santiago Vescovi is starting to play up to par after he lost his grandmother. On and on and on. And then what did Tennessee do? They decided basically not to show up, and I'm going to tell you why I really wasn't that surprised. What the? What was he thinking? Release the hounds. The Dave Hooker Show. Keep cool. A presentation of offthehooksports.com. All righty. So let me ask you this. Is it surprising at all that Tennessee, after getting some love, a possible number one seed, beating Kentucky, uh, winning the week, beating LSU, goes to AM on the road in a Saturday night game and plays flat. Because to me, 
I was not surprised at all. I thought Tennessee would play flat and win an ugly game. If you'd asked me before, they played uglier than just ugly. What did you think of the Vols' effort on Saturday night? Oh, it was very concerning. I thought that Tennessee actually was going to lose this game um, because I don't think right now, in, in this age of college football, a college football, college basketball, I think losing road games to good teams like Texas A&M are not that concerning. Losing like that is concerning. And it gets back to what I talked about at the opening of the show, which is Tennessee's lack of depth. Guys, I want to bring up something to you real quick. Jemai Meshack played 17 minutes. 16 of them were in the second half because Dalton Connect got in foul trouble. He came in for one minute in the first half, and Rick Barnes then pulled him because he was upset about a play Meshack made and didn't play him the rest of the first half. So Barnes on principle did his whole, you don't get to play because you did something that upset me. Well, the result of that was, again, having other players log too many minutes, not having the defense you needed on the court, and falling behind double figures and having to fight back. Zakai Ziegler, in a loss that was really never that close, played all 40 minutes. Rick Barnes played Zakai Ziegler the entire game on Saturday. Did not give him one rest. Dalton Connect, Jonah, um, Josiah Jordan James played 31. Santiago Vescovi played 30. Jonas Adu only played 20, but that's because he got in foul trouble. And then when he got in foul trouble, Barnes still only put in Tobey Awaka for 12 minutes. So he was just willing to go small when Tennessee had no interior presence, which hurt their three-point shooting. Rick Barnes' stubbornness and lack... It's actually worse than I ever realized. I'm going to be honest. I'm watching it now and I'm thinking, I know he knows basketball, but he... Good Lord, he misuses minutes. And it's it, it really I really never noticed it until now because Tennessee's good in so many other areas. But now I'm watching, I'm like, does he even know what he's doing with his minutes? Because I don't think he does, honestly. Because he played Zakai Dave, he played Zakai Ziegler for 40 minutes the whole game in a loss that was never that close. I just thought they looked like they had dead legs. I'm I don't think that. It's as big of a deal as you do because I think it's fixable. Now, the question is, is Rick Barnes going to fix it and go deeper into his bench and not find himself in situations in which his guys have dead legs? That is my that is my question. Now, that's what is very disconcerting if he doesn't change his ways. That, to me, is where you're like, oh, well, you know, this might not get better and could get bad in tournament time. Once again, portions of the program brought to you by Andy Mason, andymasonrealestate.com. Real estate experts with over four decades of uh, combined experience in East Tennessee. Best prices, best service in the Knoxville area. Uh, But along those lines, do we think that Rick Barnes is suddenly going to play more players and make sure that his guys aren't fatigued. I have no reason to believe that's the case. I mean, Caleb, has this been something that you've seen throughout his career or is this kind of a new issue with Rick Barnes? It's an issue that's been throughout his career that I never notice, And I take full responsibility for never noticing it. But the reason I never noticed it is because there were so many other issues with Rick Barnes. You know, his belief in the mid-range, his belief in defense over everything. I thought there were so many other issues with his philosophies that I didn't pay attention to this one. But then I went back and I thought, he only played six guys with that best Tennessee team he ever had that was number one for three weeks and flamed out in the Sweet 16. He also had eras at Texas 
He had a year in Texas, Dave, where he started 17-0 and 0 in 2009, 2010. Got him to number one. But he was playing only six guys. And at the end of the year, they finished the year 7-10 and 10 and flamed out in the first round of the NCAA tournament. This is what he does. And it's a big, big problem. And I, I don't know... I don't know what is going through his mind. You know, I watched the game on Saturday and let's be, okay. You can live with a road loss to a good team, right? In the SEC, a winning, uh, a Saturday night road game against a very good SEC team. You can live with a loss like that, right? Yeah. You can live if you lose when the other team is shooting 11 to 28 from three, just red hot from three, right? You can live with that. Yes. You know what I can't live with? Texas A&M for 40, for 34 of the 40 minutes on the court on Saturday didn't have anybody taller than six, eight, and they still had two more offensive rebounds in Tennessee in that game. That is winning 50, 50 balls because Tennessee's tired. That's all that is. And people are going to say Jonas Adu didn't show up. I agree. He played horribly, but quite on. And he was, and he was on the bit. He only played 20 minutes because Barnes tried to go small a lot. It's hard for me to blame these guys though on the interior when, I mean, guys, Josiah Jordan James is gassed. I mean, he carries the defense all the way around. And Jonas Adu is gassed. And Texas A&M was winning 50-50 balls and winning 50-50 rebounds consistently on Saturday. And Rick Barnes has got to start going into his bench. He needs to be playing J.P. Estrella, Freddie DeLeon, and Cameron Carr a heck of a lot more than he is. And I don't care about his philosophy of you earn playing time. Play them each like 10 minutes in the first half just to rest your guys. But like, you... you I don't get this. You earn playing time. I get it. You earn playing time, but you don't have to play them in a way that you can play them less than they want to play and still play them enough to give your guys rest. Here's the other thing too. And I know that the seedings aren't tied to where you finish in the sec, but it would be really tough if things ended today and the selection committee got together to give Tennessee a one seed or even really a two seed. When you have Auburn, uh, Alabama and South Carolina with better SEC records, better overall records, except Alabama has one more loss. It would be really difficult to get Tennessee even a two seat after the way they lost. If, if this, if we were going into selection Sunday, do you think they would even get a two seat if the season ended like it did on Saturday? No, I don't think you can give Tennessee a two seat at all. I mean, I think they they're firmly now. I mean. They're probably, I think they're barely a top 10 team right now. That's like 11 or 12, like right in that range, which is where a three seed is. So yeah, I, I don't see how you give them. And by the way, I mean, they've got, you know, they weren't in the game with Texas A&M and the loss to South Carolina was at home. Now I want to give Lamont Paris a lot of credit. He's doing a great job. And by the way, South Carolina has won seven straight and Kentucky has now lost three straight at Rupp Arena, funny enough. So I, I, by the, that Kentucky win doesn't even look that impressive anymore, quite honestly, because they keep losing at home. But yeah, I I don't think I'd give him a three seed. I I I wouldn't. And I I still I'm at the point. I'm pretty sure they're going to get bounced out in the first weekend if Rick Barnes doesn't choose to go more to his depth. Here's the thing that frustrated me about that game. If I'm Tennessee fan, okay, is A and M hit everything in the first half, right? I mean, they were doing heat check shots. I mean, yep. they, they, they're just nailing everything. The thing that frustrated me is not that 
they heat checked it. I mean, that happens in basketball. You can get bounced. That's why the NBA play in a seven game series. I actually prefer to see who the better team is. I think that's a better way of determining. It. I know you can't do it in college basketball, but it, it ultimately has to affect you when somebody's hitting threes like they were, but that doesn't mean you get down and throw out the towel. I thought the th- throw in the towel. I thought the body language went down. I didn't think they came out with a strong second half push. So that means that I think they were flat at a halftime. Um, they made a little bit of a push midway through the second half, but it wasn't much. So let's open this up a little bit after that game and more the way they reacted. Are you concerned that Tennessee's a little soft show represented by banks and Jones and Jones. Well, it's because they're Tennessee's trial attorney. You can play to win with banks and Jones because they'll go to trial. You've heard of other lawyers. They say they'll go to trial and fight for you. They won't. They just want to settle. That's the easiest way out. Well, that's not banks and Jones led by T Scott Jones. They won't settle. They'll go to trial for you. Tennessee's trial attorney. They play to win truly Tennessee's trial attorney when it comes to criminal defense or personal injury. Why settle? Banks and Jones. T. Scott Jones. Banksandjones.com. You worried about Tennessee's mental toughness? How about that on the message board? Anybody worried about Tennessee's mental toughness? Because I think in that sort of game, you rally to get it within eight or ten instead of just uh, ending up getting blown out by what was the final score. I mean, it wasn't even close. 85 to 69. I'm not worried about their mental toughness. I don't think how mentally tough you can be as mental tough, mentally tough as possible. The human body only has ha, has certain limits, and Rick Barnes, by playing his guy so much, is pushing those limits. Like he's really test. He's he's pushing those. He's pushing their bodies to the limit. That's what's happening here. Okay, this is he's overworking his starters, and that it's just that simple. Do you think he's that insecure about the backups? I think he has a belief that you earn playing time. And he wants to, he won't play these guys because he wants to teach them how to practice right. Okay, that we're past the point. I mean, at some point, I heard an interview. He doesn't break from principle. He's so big on player development. I heard an interview with Phil Sims' son, Matt uh, Sims, Chris Sims. And he's he's an NFL broadcaster now. And they talked about the times that uh, Lawrence Taylor would call and ask for Phil Sims' help to get his clothes because he hadn't been home all night because he'd been partying and they had practice the next day. He said it happened several times. And it was kind of like this feeling of, oh, that's too bad for LT. And then Chris Sims said something I thought was very insightful. Maybe he just needed that edge. Maybe some guys aren't good practice players. You have to explore that. There aren't absolutes when it comes to personalities. There is an absolute typically when it comes to college football and that is if you leave one school for another it's not a lateral move it's usually a step up if you're an assistant coach it's to a coordinator if it's a coordinator to a head coach now when there are lateral moves there's a lot of different reasons because that maybe your head coach left the one thing and i had to read the headline fifteen thousand times because I didn't think it was right, is Chip Kelly leaving UCLA as their head 
coach to be an offensive coordinator at Ohio State. That, to me, was absolutely bizarro. Caleb, what do you make of it and what that says about where Ohio State is? I don't understand the move behind this. As a matter of fact, I think he's taking a pay cut. He is? To go to a, yes, he's taking a pay cut to go to Ohio State. So he's making a lateral move and taking a pay cut. And by the way, UCLA's in the Big Ten this year. So it's not like he's going to a uh, small... Up, uh, yeah, it's not like he went up to Conference USA to the SEC. Yeah, exactly. And so the rumor is just that there's something that makes him he's very upset with UCLA reportedly about something. And I don't know what is causing this. I don't know why he's so upset with UCLA, but I hear reports that he is upset with UCLA. I think he could possibly be targeting Ohio state to try to get um, Ryan. I think Ryan day's in big trouble. Let's just put it out there. Ryan day's in trouble. And I think Chip Kelly is breathing up his shoulder and wants the Ohio state job. That's, that's my, uh, that's that's my well, theory. Well, remember two things. Ohio State paid big money to get the buyout. They paid the buyout, okay? So they wanted to get him. It was about a $1.5 million buyout just to get him. So they wanted him. They were motivated. Ryan Day, um, he already had one coordinator leave, right? Bill O'Brien left to take the head coaching job at Boston College. Yeah, that's what which you was. understand taking a head coaching job. But Bill O'Brien is another former head coach. I'll go ahead and tell you that if you're Chip, I'm sorry, if you're Ohio State, you're not going out and getting Bill O'Brien's and Chip Kelly's to be coordinators, guys with head coaching experience, unless you're considering, hey, this Ryan Day thing might not work out. And when you start saying this Ryan Day thing might not work out, Ryan Day hears that and realizes that you're hiring a head coach as an offensive coordinator, and he feels that. It then erodes whatever power he might have. The Ohio State thing is going to end ugly. I will just go ahead and tell you right now, it's going to end ugly. Yeah, and we predicted this a mile out last year with Jimbo Fisher and Bobby Petrino, didn't we? When they brought in Bobby Petrino. And so I I, I think this one's worse because I think they're literally trying to hire Ryan Day's replacement. I talked with Dave over the weekend. This is exactly what the Cowboys did when Jerry Jones brought in um, – Oh, wow. A Capri Sun. You're drinking a Capri Sun. Keep talking. You're not supposed to look at the message board. <laughs> yeah, somebody uh, asked me if I was drinking a Capri Sun. No, it's just a big Petros cup. Go ahead. This is exactly what Ohio, what the Cowboys did when they hired Jason Garrett as an assistant to Wade Phillips. And Jerry Jones paid Jason Garrett the same amount of money he was paying Wade Phillips. At that point, Jerry Jones, Wade Phillips knew. 175% that he was fired and Jason Garrett was going to be the head coach. And I think this is a situation similar with Ohio state. And now the other point is, look, maybe Chip Kelly knew he was about to get fired from UCLA and he wanted to bolt before he actually got fired. And so it, it's not on his resume that he got fired from a college head coaching job and that his magic has and luster has faded. I think you and I both agree that offense is, not as cutting edge as it was in 2011 or 2012. It's just not. Well, absolutely not. No, it's not. It's not anywhere close. Um, and it, I don't think it's been cutting edge since he's been at UCLA, do you? No, I don't. I think he's just been okay, but he, I don't think he's been that impressive. 
And it's it's in large part due to the fact that, yeah, I think that he hasn't really changed. He firmly believes he's the smartest guy in the room and that he doesn't have to change. Similar to somebody like Rick Barnes, but that's a different story. And so I think that it's getting the best of him. I think his arrogance is actually getting the best of him on that. And I think that's the problem. Well, I mean, that's what he coaches. I don't I wouldn't necessarily expect him to start coaching something completely different, would you? No, I would not expect him to start coaching something completely different. Um, But I think it's going to now we could see how it works at Ohio State. You know, Chip Kelly is not the is not a big fan of recruiting that. And so he's struggling to get the talent at UCLA. You don't have to work that that hard to get the talent at Ohio State. And that's the truth. So the, the talent will be there. Maybe he wants he's excited about what he could work with at Ohio State when it comes to talent. So I think that's where he that could be what he's thinking. And particularly if he's promoted to head coach, then he could easily find talent. You don't have. You, you don't have to be a good recruiter to be good at Ohio State. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. All right, here we go. we got the special guest now that I've been teasing. I've been promising. He's been working hard. He's, he's, he's preparing to be like uh, the next Travis Kelsey with a better-looking lady than Taylor Swift because her looks are w- way overrated. Um, wow. Jacob Warren joins us now. Jacob. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm going to fill out your, uh, your, your, your name tag here. VFL Jacob right. Warren. It is right. not a former ball Jacob Warren. How's that? Mm-mm. We don't like that. VFL. There you go. And look at you with the lights behind you. We didn't need a full photo shoot, but you look great. Listen, I'm in I'm in a I'm in a podcast room right now, actually. So I'm just trying to do the best with what I got right now. I just got yeah. done working out here at Triple F. So uh, I figured I'd hop on with you guys for a minute. You're 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 nailing it. I appreciate it. I just want to say, uh, first of all, thanks for all you've done for, uh, it's been almost two years that we first met in March, 2022. So you oh. have been an incredible and, um, you know, there've been some tough Sundays. There've been some happy Sundays that you probably wanted to do something else and you did a podcast with me. So I, I greatly appreciate it. Sure. Yeah, of course. Again. Yeah. I appreciate you as well, man. We, we have a great relationship, and I appreciate just the uh, opportunities you've given me as well. So, uh, like you said, man, there's been some some ones that have been hard to do, and there's been some ones that have have been easy to talk about. So, uh, just happy to to be able to talk about it and, and kind of get it out there. Amen. All right, uh, Jacob, let me ask you about this. What's your training day like now? Um, because you're basically training all the time, two days a week to get ready for either pro day or combine or whatever the case may be. Yeah. So right now. Um, <clears throat> six days a week pretty much um each day is a little bit different but usually it's it's a run of some sort right whether it's uh you know there's a lot of drills right these combine drills are re- getting ready for the five ten five l drill 40 yard dash obviously um broad jump vertical jump so in the morning times is usually when we focus on that right like this morning we we were working on you know our broad jumps and just our 40 yards starts right so just running five ten yards uh just working on the start of the 40. Um, and then later today, around two o'clock, we'll go get some lunch all together. And then around two o'clock, we'll come back and and hit a lift. And that'll be a I think today's a total body lift. So you know it'll be you know whatever workout it is planned, whether it's pulls and jumps and bench press and 
you know, shoulders, all that stuff. Um, honestly, just trying to, to fine tune our muscles and our, and our bodies to be ready to compete, man, to be ready to handle a lot of strain and a lot of uh, stress. Um, so just trying to emulate those situations right now, I think is kind of what we're, what we're getting at. Getting a lot of praise for uh, Jacob on the message board. Appreciate that. Uh, thank you, Jacob, for the memories as of all. Uh, another Travis saying, you've always been one of my faves. Thanks for all the memories. When we talk about memories, you got to pick one day that you could relive uh, as one of your football memories at, at Tennessee. I think I know mm-hmm. what game it would be, but what would it be? It would be that one. Yeah, it'd probably be, <laughs> probably be the one you're thinking of. Um, you know, if you're talking about just pure enjoyment, right, and just how you know, happy we were and, and um, you know, just a cool situation, obviously the Alabama game man, a couple of years ago was really cool and um, was, I guess, a high, right? You would consider that a high of, of my career. Um, you know, if you go back and change things, like if that's kind of what more what you're talking about, to go back and, and change something, um, you know, I, honestly, I think go back to – last year at South Carolina, right? I think that was the biggest regret game that we have that we all think about, that we all get sick about is, um, you know, just how different that season would have ended. And, and obviously it ended in an amazing way, win the Orange Bowl and, and you know, having an amazing, amazing season, right? But uh, that was the one that we all felt like kind of got away from us. And, uh, you know, things would be a little bit different and that that season would have capped off a little bit differently. But uh, yeah, again, you can't go back, but um, if I could, I would. <laughs> Uh, Jacob, uh, first of all, congratulations. Uh, you, um, obviously became one of the leaders on this team. Uh, so Dave and I had a, a bit, not necessarily a debate, but we had a discussion about leadership, uh, a few segments ago. I don't know if you heard, but, uh, so you were obviously on the 2019 team that had both former Vols who were in the Super Bowl yesterday. Yeah. And, um, I know both were vocal leaders in their own ways. Could you compare the leadership styles of Trey Smith and Jawan Jennings? It's a little bit Can different. I compare them? They're very much different. Yeah. Um, but I guess they're very much the same in a way too. You know, they're very both very vocal people, right? Very vocal leaders. They confident in themselves and and um, obviously you see Juwan with his red hair and stuff, right? Like he he makes a statement, right? And that's the same way that he was whenever he was at Tennessee. He he made a statement on the field, but also off the field he was a guy that, you know, was gonna be just unapologetically himself and um be super uh, aggressive is not even the right word, but just be super confident, I guess, and, and, and know exactly what it is that he wants to get done. And then Trey Smith is a guy that, you know, you just watch go to work, right? And you watch him show up every single day. Um, and that's how he led. He led by just showing guys that he was just going to be the most dominant person in the weight room or, you know, on the practice field or, or whatever it may be. And uh, that was the way that he kind of portrayed his, his leadership and the way that he stepped up for, for us then. So, Man, no surprise to see both of them in these situations. Um, it was hard rooting for him last night because he didn't really know who who you wanted to to win. Obviously, you know which team you want to win and stuff like that. But um, was super excited to see Jawan have the game that he did. Um, again, wish it would have would have ended, you know, how he wanted. But obviously, Trey was was able to come out and, and now get his second. Right, that's his that's his second one. Or yeah, that's yep. pretty crazy. So <laughs> you know, good two and three years is a good ratio. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't complain with that, you know. Is that with with Jawan, um, he he's you talk about him as a leader, but I wonder mm-hmm. where you were when he sent out the social media post about he should be playing quarterback and he's fib two. And it's funny now looking back at it, but at the time right. it was like, whoa, this thing's off the rails. What was your reaction? 
Um, it was a long time ago. Or what are you talking about back when he was at Tennessee? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Long time ago. Um, and so I'm, yeah, obviously I'm sure a lot's changed, but I don't know. I think that that was something that I guess I was a bit more unaware of of kind of what was happening and the implicate, like what it really meant. You know what I mean? I thought maybe he was just got upset. I don't really know, but um, I don't know. Like I told you, man, he's going to be himself. He's going to say what he wants to say and he's going to say how he feels. And um, obviously I don't know the exact words he used, but he said it. <laughs> and, and, you know, that's, I don't know. Just happy it didn't end up worse than it did, and and he's able to to be where he's at now. So, so Jacob, where I'm gathering with this is, um, I it, I think my analogy is apt, basically, which is this: if you're at a bar and some things go down, Trey Smith is going to be the one to rush him, like, guys, let's calm down, let's get out of here. Jawan is like, all right, I'm fighting for everybody, let's go. <laughs> um, I would say, I would say, if you're out and it doesn't really matter what what's happening, if you if you touch one of them, you're probably gonna get the other one. So, <laughs> I would just avoid it all together. <laughs> I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even go there at all, you know. So, so I've got the super elite fast one to deal with, and then I've got the super elite big one to deal with. I'm like, oh, right. that sounds like Dave getting his rear whipped. Mm-hmm, exactly. <laughs> exactly right. Mm-hmm. Hey, I, I had some. We had a, a topic come up on on the message board that uh, maybe last year uh, Squirrel White got, uh, I don't know, frustrated. I, I know Dante Thornton was brought in. It's kind of if you can give us an update on, on on Squirrel. And he was very optimistic to begin the year. I don't think he played quite the role that that we thought he would. What What are your thoughts on Squirrel? Um, you know, to me, I think. I think about guys like Jalen Hyatt, right? Who, you know, whether you think was used enough or not, whatever, like had one season that man set him up for the rest of his life and, and allowed him to go get drafted and won the Blitnikoff. Like, had a truly, extremely impactful season, and that was just one year, right? He did well the other years for sure, um, but definitely didn't have the same role in his first couple of years that he did in that in that last one that he played. So, it's like I don't know. As a receiver, I think it is definitely difficult because you want to have the production you want to be used you want to be targeted a lot um but that guy has a lot of, of big potential right just w- with his speed and with his agility and his big playability so um you know i guess i would just encourage him to to continue to stay the course obviously you watch jalen high have a breakout season like that just a couple of years ago and you you get hopeful right so um as long as he just continues to, to work man and continues to get better and everybody continues to trust him i know nico I'm sure likes throwing the ball, right? He likes airing out to him. So, um, I don't know. I, that's just kind of how it goes, I guess, as a young guy. But he'll he'll find his way, and he'll be just fine. When healthy, who does Brew McCoy remind you of? Is there any player that you played with, or I know players hate comparisons, but yeah, yeah. Um, his attitude, honestly, a lot it reminds me of the guy we were just talking about, about Juwan Jennings, right? Just him being able to go out and change the game in multiple ways, right? You know, I think he is definitely different from Jawan in a lot of ways, uh, just with the way they're built and, and you know, the way they run and stuff like that. But um, you watch Jawan go put guys in the water cooler, right, in the NFL, right, the highest level possible in Brew. You know, if you go watch the film and actually just watch him, he does that, man, at least once a drive where he's, you know, blocking his butt off and, and truly trying to change the game on the perimeter on a different level than just catching a ball. So, um I guess that would be a decent comparison. Again, they're very different. They're very, you know, very much different players. But their mentality when they when they step on the field is is just being a dog and going out there and doing whatever they got to do. Yes. Yeah, so, oh, sorry. Oh, good, Caleb. 
So, Jacob, uh, after watching last night's game, it's it, you know, having studied the draft, it seems like even after all of these years where tight ends are becoming, you know, favorite targets consistently of quarterbacks, they mm-hmm. still get um, un, I, I can't figure it out, but they seem to inexplicably still get overlooked a lot of times. And you know, when it comes to the draft and things like that, why has sure. the success of not uh, the success of tight ends? Why has that not been reflected in how much they're pursued now on the open markets yet in the pros? Um, I honestly don't know. That's a great question. Um, I think, I don't know. The way I look at it is that there, there's a lot, there's not a lot of tight ends, right? But it, it's more than just like quarterbacks, right? Like obviously you can go, you know, really trying to find your, your quarterback, whatever. But, you know, tight end when you, I don't even know how to ex- explain what I'm trying to say. There's a lot of guys that can get the job done at tight end, right? There, there's people that can you can plug in. They can do their job really well, and no one will ever know. Like, they won't really know their names. They won't really know. You know, they'll, they'll recognize them, they'll know their number or whatever, but you just have the couple few that really, man, have these extremely good careers and these big seasons. Like, obviously, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, the guys are playing last night. Um, and it's expected for them to, to – you know, go out there and have 70 yards, 80 yards, 100, you know, a touchdown, whatever it may be. Um, but the majority of the league is guys that truly just play their role and, and go out there and, and play really hard, right, and catch the ball when it comes to them and, and, but are, are doing a lot of blocking in the core. And um, I don't know. It, 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 I can't tell you why they're not as, as valued or not as sought after. Um, that's just kind of how it goes, I guess. It's part of the part of the position. I don't think I've ever asked you about Chaz Nimrod and Caleb, uh, Caleb Webb. Uh, but I really don't feel like I have a good feel for them, even as a spectator. Um, can you tell me a little bit about each of those guys, what they do well, and what kind of the next step in their progression is? Um, so I think start with Caleb. His size, obviously, Caleb's a tall, a tall wide receiver. He's a, he's a bigger guy. Um, you know, for him, I think progression-wise, needs to have a, a big offseason, kind of like Ramel had last year. Romel went into that offseason and just, you know, worked out a lot. Ate, I'm sure, ate really well. It was just just grinding and working really hard and uh, changed his body, right? Looked big, strong, you know what I mean? Looked fast and looked the part. And not that Caleb doesn't, but he was, you know, still a younger guy. And so now it's time for him to kind of take that next step and truly change his body to where he can go be a super dominant guy that can go rise up above somebody else because of his size, but also you know, be physical and, and, you know, run the routes across the middle and, and be super strong handed and all that stuff. Um, Chaz is, you know, not quite as tall, but still a, a bigger guy and, and um, can play both plays inside plays outside for us. And I say us, but you know, the Vols, right. <laughs> and, um, you know, can just be a super dynamic guy, obviously stepped up and made some really big plays this, this past year. Um, and so again, just the same thing with squirrel, man, that whole class of guys is, it's just going to be a matter of getting out there and getting comfortable and being being consistent, making plays week in and week out. And, um, man, no doubt that they can do it from my end, at least. Let me ask you this. For, for any receiver that comes in at the transfer portal period time, you basically have spring practice, you have off-season workouts in the summer, kind of get a feel for the offense, and then boom, August preseason camp. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> uh, I, how, how challenging is on, that? Oh, oh, I think somebody else. <laughs> Technical difficulties. 
That's all right. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to ask you, how challenging is it, be it a transfer? Well, more like a transfer. A freshman, I think, physically have to grow. But just being a transfer, how difficult is it to pick up this offense in one offseason? Um, it just depends, right? I've seen guys do it, and, and it happens. Like McAllen Castles last year, for example, oh, yeah. did an amazing, amazing job of – I think he's just a good listener, right? And, and he takes good notes, and he – uh, tries really hard to to be a perfectionist in his thing, so I think it's just a matter of how much the guy's willing to to put into it. Um, you know, and again, that depends on his motivation, right? If he's motivated to come in and start and play and take the job, right? I don't think you would transfer somewhere and think you you can't play or you're not going to play there. Um, so yeah, if they come in and and they buy into it and they listen to the guys that have been there, uh, it's it's it might be challenging, but it's not impossible at all. I've definitely seen it done. Okay. Let me ask you, uh, Tennessee's got a couple of, of pretty good uh, freshman signees. Uh, yeah. One's a five-star, one's a four-star. Have you been able to see those guys on the hoof? Got any thoughts? I know we talked briefly about Mike Matthews, but uh, just your thoughts on what Tennessee has coming in. Yeah, um, they'll be just fine, man. I think they'll, they'll do well. Um, the, big, the big question with freshmen and younger guys is just maturity level and um, – you know, can they operate in in high stress environments? Surely, surely they can, right? There's no reason why they wouldn't be able to. But that's always just the biggest thing is is will they? You know, you, you don't want to say act like a freshman, right? But but that's the biggest thing is man, getting it out of your mind. Like you're not a freshman, you're not a young guy anymore. Like you're playing, you're a part of this team, and um, man, all those guys have all the ability and talent in the world. So it's just a matter of of getting them in that right mentality to be able to go and and. Just say, look, I'm here now, right? There's no, there's no time to be a freshman. There's no time to be a young guy. Like it's time to just go play ball. And I'm sure that's what all of them want to do too. So, all right, great stuff as always. Uh, certainly appreciate it, and uh, it's been great, man. We'll continue to work with you. And when you're, when you win that Bob Lilly Award for the Dallas Cowboys. Okay. You won't be able to win a Super Bowl with the Cowboys, but the Bob Lilly Award go. goes goes to best player on and off the field. I didn't say that, by the way. Right, But yeah, Jason Witten won it more times than Bob Lilly. So awesome. they all they also they almost changed the name of the award at the Lilly Witten Award because Witten won it eight times and I think Bob Lilly won it six. So maybe one day I, what I'm rooting for is that you were at the Cowboys and then it's a it's the Lily Witten Warren Award. Warren Award. The Warren Award. Yeah. It rolls the up. Warren the Award sounds like <laughs> Warren Award. Sounds a little bit like we've been drinking. <laughs> Warren yeah. Award. All right. Uh, Jacob, be well, buddy. You know, I love you, man. Right. Uh, yeah. And we'll, we'll talk to you soon. Awesome. Good to see you. Have a, a bad, good one, Jacob. Yeah, that's not a bad special guest, is it? Uh, no, Jacob not may at all. sound like a coach on our message board. Now, I'm sorry, guys. Jacob knows that that's too much work. Um, he is actually, he was, he has his kinesiology degree and then he started hanging out with Dave and he's thinking broadcasting, which how good would he be at that? How good would he be at that? Oh, he'd be superb. He'd be, he'd be better than Nick Saban. Nick Saban shouldn't be broadcasting. So, you know, that's just me. So if I made you choose between these two possibilities, Ohio state is desperate to get somebody to help slash succeed Ryan Day. So they got Chip Kelly because that had to happen. Or 
Chip Kelly is on the downside of his career and he wants less responsibility. If I made you pick one of those two, what would it be? The former. The former. I don't think Chip Kelly went. Chip Kelly would have gone to the NFL if he wanted less responsibility. So it's Ohio State. They are naming Chip Kelly the coach in waiting. This is what this is. I think think it's as clear as day. Yeah. Ryan Day. It, it absolutely is. And by the way, you know what's looking really bad? The NFL success of Ohio State players under Ryan Day is hurting his case right now. I mean, the guy had C.J. Stroud throwing to Marvin Harrison Jr. and couldn't beat Michigan. That looks really bad right now, doesn't it? Um, almost as bad as having Peyton Manning and Jamal Lewis in the backfield and not being able to beat Florida. But that's a different story. But yes, it's... Uh, it, it, it looks uh, I think really he is bad. a coach in waiting. Out. He, he, he doesn't appear... Yeah, there's a difference. You could see Urban Meyer at the end of it. He was ready to get away. He looked fatigued. He looked tired. Now, see, here's where Smoky Mountain Red and I might disagree. He says Ryan Day's desperate. I think Ohio State's desperate for an exit plan. That's exactly what it is. Because Ryan Day wouldn't have given up play calling duties, honestly. If Ryan, Because if Ryan Day's not a play caller, what is he as a coach? That's like Hypo not being a play caller, isn't it? Like, that's their you know- calling card. You know what this is? This is a, a more a more accomplished Dave Clawson hire because you've got an offensive coach that's always going to be looking over your shoulder. Now, Chip Kelly is 100 times better of a coach than Dave Clawson, but who's actually turned out to be a very respectable coach. But, yeah, this is where constantly you're you're having your shoulder looked over, and that's not a comfortable feeling to be in. No, that's not a comfortable feeling to be in at all. And – there's going to be dynamics that don't work too between the two coaches. I mean, it's not as vast. I mean, because Dave Clawson had a spread. Floor out here wanting to run the traditional pro style. I mean, that's just class like nobody's business. And I don't know if you've ever had two different, more competing philosophies come together, right? It would I would have seen more of that had Bill O'Brien stayed Ohio State's offensive coordinator because he's more of a pro style guy. But I think Chip Kelly and Ryan Day could have a bit better of a marriage, but Look, I will tell you guys this. Be a little scared if Chip Kelly becomes head coach at Ohio State if you're a Tennessee fan. Um, because I think given I think Ohio State falling apart is going to give Tennessee a bit of a pipeline into that state for a couple of years. Yeah, I think I think Chip Kelly actually can still be an elite coach, even though his offense isn't as great as it once was. But he's done enough to me to think he could get into a 12-team college football playoff at Ohio State, right? Absolutely. I mean, and he's got the and Ohio state's going to have the talent for him to pick from easily. Oh, the state of Ohio. I also wonder how much NIL played into it. I don't think that was a lot of fun for him. Good point. Smoky mountain red. He's Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave hooker. Don't forget. You can join now. Have you joined the Patreon crew, our inside group hookers corner? You can do that. And uh, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go ahead and give away uh, our first round of prizes. So if you are already a member, it's just $9.98 a month. Uh, if, if you're not already a member, join now because everybody that joins by the end of the day, including those that joined over the weekend and last week, are going to receive a prize, either a book or a T-shirt. So everybody that joined, I want to do that special for week one. But if you get on board, we can go ahead and get you registered for the uh, mini football helmet that's autographed by Hendon Hooker, and it's all brought to you by Sports Treasure. So join today. If you join 
basically by the time I wake up in the morning, then you are going to win a t-shirt or a Celebrate 98 book. Your choice. I'll be in contact. I love the fact that I actually contact people here because you can't on YouTube. So like, people come up with great points and I rip it off and write it as a column, which somebody already did. Uh, I believe it was Stephen came up with two column ideas that I'm working on. So uh, good stuff. Love Jacob being on. Uh, more coverage on Off the Hook Sports. Boy, I tell you what, it's been a big show for a Monday. And he's Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker. This has been a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.